0: Established in 1994 and continuing to offer the perfect balance of inspiring hope, unwavering truth, and a touch of goofiness, The Rick and Bubba Show.
1: It is All
2: six minutes now past down. the hour of The Rick and Bubba Show.
1: What is going
2: down. Uh, we'll get the phone calls coming up this hour at 866 big We've got. Um, the real Greg Burgess, Speedy, and we've got a Stretch Armstrong, yours truly old number one back in the Broadcast Plaza and Teleport, still out in home studios, Helmsy and Eddie Van Adler, and back on mic number two,
3: here at the Broadcast Plaza and Teleport, it is Bill Bubba Buzzy. Hey, Bubs. Rick, glad to be here, honored privilege and privileged, and Wow, glad to be back in the studio with you guys. I never thought y'all looked so good. Yeah, good day. to see. Huh? Nice hair, by the way. Thank you. You're looking sharp. Yeah, I'm going with the
2: Dagwood. Yeah, one, right? yeah sure. Yeah. For, for some reason, yeah. I, our state continues to to deem the most dangerous thing you can do is to get a haircut. Yeah, <laughs> or, yeah. or eat a meal in a restaurant. I, I hate to tell strange. them, there's a lot of black market haircutting going mm-hmm. on, and I'm yep. about ready to. Yep. yep, yep, yep. You know what we're doing? We're driving barbers and, and beauticians and yep. cosmetologists yep. Yeah. Into, into the, end, into the, the
3: black... alleys, Rick. Into
2: the alleys. Into the alleys. All right, so uh, we are fortunate again to have uh, Dr. Uh, Odom with us, Dr. Jody Dion Odom from UAB, Assistant Professor of Medicine in the Division of Infectious Diseases. Uh, Dr. Odom, welcome back to Rick and Bubba. How are you today? I'm
4: good. Good morning to you both. How are you doing?
2: Well, you know, we're great. We're we still got a, a long way to go, but congratulations to you and, and the team there at UAB. Uh, I know that you can, you know, give us the everybody settle. Let me tell you the good and and, and the unknown. But remdesivir, are we saying that right? Remdesivir. Remdesivir. Perfect. Okay, mm-hmm. would, it, would it really bother y'all to name it something
3: <laughs> that we can all say? <laughs> I mean, like Blue that Emu. That wasn't my
4: choice.
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah, You know, the folks Blue at, Emu would be so easy to yeah, say.
2: The yeah. folks at yeah. Blue Emu, see, yeah. I, I, we all can say that. <laughs> all right, Remdesivir. So tell us, tell us the good news about this. I mean, I saw that Dr. Fauci is thinking it may become the standard, the standard of treatment. Uh, Mm -hmm. I did see some of the stuff, correct me where I'm wrong and affirm me where I'm right. Uh, it looks like it may be able to make symptoms less severe and cut down the time you're sick.
4: That's right. That's right. So this is a medicine that was studied, um, in a really well done study over a thousand people that was started in February. So it was put together very quickly to try to get answers for whether or not this medicine worked. Um, I think that the first thing to know about it, it was given to people who were pretty sick, so they were in the hospital. They were requiring oxygen therapy. Some of them were on breathing machines. So it wasn't the healthy person walking around. It was someone who took on the tough cases. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So what was seen in this really large study that was, again, you know, done with really high quality was four days faster. Um, time to improvement for the people who got remdesivir
2: compared to people who got placebo or a a sugar, sugar medicine. You got
5: to feel bad for
2: them. I hate to say that. You got to feel bad for them. I appreciate them though, you know, saying I'm in, but, you know, it's
3: the, yeah, but that's the way
4: to do the study, right? There's you have way to. to see if a medicine yeah. works. You
3: have yeah. to, and, you do. You but know, doctor, if, if it was you us, have to do it that way. If it was us and you was doing the study in my bed, I would reach over and and you know, with your glove on, and take your hand and go, "Hey, doc, don't don't yeah. waste <laughs> two weeks of my time. You yeah. know, okay, yeah, give me the good stuff." I would say, "Look." <laughs> you know what?
1: You know what,
4: you are right, because the patient and the doctor always wants the best option, but yeah. until the study's done, you don't know what that best option is. So they blind the doctor, and they blind the patient. The nurses don't know if it's the drug or the placebo. Nobody knows to make sure that that's preserved, where you're looking really at the outcome of the drug and not right. the sticker patients got well, it, doc, or patient, none- someone who asked more nicely got it, you know?
3: Doc, if, if none of those people knew, who, who knows who's getting it and who ain't? Mm-hmm.
4: It's the, the statistician, the person who does the blinding or decides if you're in group A or group B. They're really the only one who knows. So no one who's taking care of the patient, no one who's preparing medicine, that's how the, the blinded drugs work.
2: Well, also, another point we can take away from this, and it sounds like you're confirming it, but and I've always thought this, placebo is a real thing. People, people it, It's amazing what the body can do sometimes if all of a sudden your mindset becomes that something's working for you. It really can have an effect.
4: Absolutely. The, the placebo effect is very real, and in some studies, 20 to 30% of people will improve when they're given a placebo. Um, yeah. So, yeah, the, the power of the mind is, is, is real. All
2: right, wow. so once again, though, so these people were really sick, and what did we see in the study?
4: So they got this medicine for up to 10 days, and we saw that people who got their remdesivir improved by day 11 compared to people who didn't get remdesivir who, who improved by day 15. And so what about symptoms? Faster improvement.
2: Yeah. What about symptoms? Um, I saw something that said know, they were a little less severe with the people that had it. Or is that is that not good reporting? Yeah.
4: I mean, I think that um, part of the problem with this study is we we're, we're talking about the data that was seen by uh, what's called a DSMB, the group of people who monitor the safety and the efficacy of the drug. So what they said is they had to stop this trial because of this improvement that was seen, but we haven't actually read the full study. So I can't give you all the details. It's not published yet. It will be hopefully soon. Um, But these group of, Uh, scientists and doctors looking at the data very carefully said there's a clear difference between group a and group b we need to tell the world so we can start to use remdesivir more widely
3: doctor can you address a little bit the the controversy or what we're seeing the numbers now on ventilators ventilator was the hot word for a few weeks now it has disappeared from uh, the news cycles completely but we, we do know that people that went on ventilators, it, the, honestly, it was not a good success rate, like 90% never recovered. But is there, is there some, uh, I guess, adjustment in that theory now that you're using more uh, what they would call a BiPAP, which would be, I guess, in between a CPAP and a ventilator, and that's working better or not? Or where are we at on the breathing part of it?
4: Yeah, so I mean, I think any time you're looking at ventilators, you want to remember you're talking about the sickest of the sick. So oh, yeah. the patients who really can't get enough oxygen with an oxygen mask, with a BiPAP, are going on to the ventilator. So those are going to be the people who have the highest mortality in any study. Um, the initial numbers of 90% from that JAMA study were changed. The calculations were actually incorrect because they didn't account for all the people who were still on the breathing machine, in the ICU, Mm -hmm. and the corrected number is more like about 25%. Um, So breathing machines save people's lives. We know that if you can't get enough oxygen on your own, having this machine helps you breathe is one of the ways to to get you back to health. So I think that 90%... Um, again, it was corrected. It was, it
3: was too high. So like with so many of these things, you got to have the right numbers. I mean, initial numbers are not always correct. And Rick, you were, you were brought it, up earlier, the CDC, we're trying to understand us. the numbers, but it looks like they're moving them around and reclassifying them. We're, we're really confused yep. on some of these. Will we
2: all be better off because of this being so new and things lagging so far behind and things happening at such a quick rate? Would we all be better off to just say, let's all calm down on numbers, right? And I know we're number-driven and we all want to see numbers, but it seems like because this thing is not was, was a novel virus and, and, and there's so much that's unknown about it, we're trying to figure it out, should we all just calm down? I mean, just like the thing we just heard about the ventilators. I mean, there was a number that came out it had to be corrected. This, right. The CDC, over the weekend, the CDC numbers of deaths went down. Yes, it did. No, it didn't. Yes, it did. No, it didn't. Uh, the, well, here it is on their website. Well, that website's 10 days behind. Uh, mm-hmm. it, should we all just – I mean, I don't know how, how to re- – can do we, we get even, a real number? Yeah,
4: yeah it's a totally it's – it's an excellent question. I think what you're seeing is this tension between everybody in the world wanting to know what's going on and really hungry for data and people trying to get things out as quickly as possible, and you want to do that without bypassing your your – Um, accuracy checks, right? You want to make sure that the states and the localities and the CDC and the world are not sharing data that's incorrect. Um, So that's some of the pressure that you're seeing. Sometimes if we get things out too quickly, you may have to come back and make a a correction because it wasn't right the first time. That said, CDC is a reputable agency. Our public health officials are working really hard to try to confirm COVID cases, confirm COVID deaths. So some of the changes you're seeing is a death may be called COVID but not yet confirmed. When it gets confirmed, that number changes. All of these have that fluidity to them. Um, When it's all said and done, the numbers are going to be firm. But we're still early enough on that um, the correction is a good thing, honestly. To me, it means the correction means people are still thinking about it and trying to make the data as accurate as possible. But being calm and taking a deep breath and knowing that some of the numbers can change, that approach you're saying is not
2: wrong either. Well, let me. we're about to go to break. This is the last thing I'll ask, then we'll break and come back. So have the CDC numbers been adjusted down to fewer deaths over the weekend or not?
4: So I don't know that data. I, okay, okay. I, I myself, yeah. I was on call on Saturday, so I, I didn't look at the CDC numbers. I've definitely heard people saying the CDC numbers are changing on their website from day to day, sometimes up, sometimes down, which does right. it's hard to explain the down. Yeah, well, the um, politics
3: of it. Because you think after you're dead, that, that, that's, right. you know, you go on that well, column, that should be it, Well, right?
2: well I, and, and if you look on their website, <laughs> the, it is a lower number than we're seeing reported, but... Mm. Then at the bottom of the footnotes, somebody said it says, well, these are usually 10 days behind, that these numbers that are on their website may not be current. So there's, there's a lot to unpack. But again, you said you can't answer that, and I'm, I'm not going to force you to answer a question that you just don't know. So we'll come back. More Rick and Bubba coming up with Dr. Odom right after this.
5: Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba.
6: Listening to the Rick and Bubba Show.
2: Twenty-one minutes past the hour. Of the Rick and Bubba Show. Doctor Jody Dion Odom is with us from UAB. From so uh, we've uh, we've discussed remdesivir and uh, and that it is showing some promise. Uh, that was researched and tested there at UAB. So uh, congratulations and well done to the team as uh, as they continue to research um dr odom talk a little bit about we have states that are relaxing the stay at homes it varies wildly across our country and a lot of it has to do with you know some states are it seem to have a much tougher time based on population and all this than others so there's some common sense to it but um tell us about as we're going back in and easing back into um you know out of the stay at home we're not to the point where everybody can just run out there and 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 go back to the to where we were. Like, I, I saw some pictures from a trade day over the weekend. I don't know if they were accurate pictures or not, but um, social distancing and masks didn't appear to be seen anywhere. But um, what what would you like to tell society from a medical and science standpoint uh, how we ease back into this?
4: Yeah, no, I think you said it well. I think the point is, is that we are still sort of on this first curve. We went over the hump, but we're still on the way down or flattening. So there's still uh, two to three hundred new cases a day here in Alabama and about 30,000 new cases a day across the U.S. with every county almost in the U.S. having cases. So it's, it's, some places are hit more hard than others for sure, but everywhere is impacted. So it's just a public health reminder that if you're going to go out to keep the, the separation, the six feet, to try not to be around anyone who's sick, this is not gone yet. It's still out there.
3: Dr. Uh, Dr. Jody, what, what about the anti Body test and those people who are carrying the antibodies, uh, do we know any more about how effective a defense that will be or how long has there been, is any of the data coming back on that yet?
4: Um, so we still are, are just starting to roll out more of these antibody tests. Like we talked about before that sign that this virus has passed through and that you're protected. We don't know yet if it means you can't be reinfected. There were some cases from Asia where people appear to get reinfected and that's sort of been debunked. It looks like their virus that came back was a false positive test and was not actually a reinfection. Okay. Um, so a lot of people looking at this carefully to understand whether or not reinfection can happen. Everyone's hoping that you cannot be reinfected at least within, mm-hmm. you know, the six to 12 months frame. but stay tuned. We don't know for sure. Yet.
3: <laughs> and and uh, there's a lot of concern about the fall when we move mm-hmm. back into what is normally our cold and flu season, uh, second yeah. wave possibilities. What's, what's the thought?
4: Yeah, so, I mean, remember, flu usually happens later in the year. So flu, although we vaccinate people in September and October, the most of the cases usually happen January, February, March. Um, So I think what we're talking about for this second wave is more August, September, people going back to school. But I think it's sort of a misnomer to call it a second wave at the moment because we're still on the plateau from the first wave. So the second wave would imply that we get all the way back down to zero, and we're nowhere close to that yet.
2: What, what about the research that we're seeing involving children? Uh, you know there's there's been some countries and places saying that it's starting to show that children can't pass it now they certainly can get it but that they there's some indication that they cannot pass it on to others or to other to adults is it what what's the latest on that do you know much about those studies
4: yeah so this is a really hot area everybody wants to know what to do with the schools and what right. how to understand kids we think about kids as vectors, to be honest, of infection. They usually have runny noses, and they're the ones who get adults sick in the community. Um, But you're right. What there was is there was one study that showed that in a community, there was a very small number of cases in the adults that actually came from kids, So anyone younger than 18 were rarely the source. Um, I don't think that answers the question definitively, because communities are different. Some of those adults may not have had any contact with kids at all, for example. Um, But... There are some interesting things with what the level, the viral levels are, in children being lower. It may be that this virus is different than other viruses that we're used to looking at. Um, I'm sorry, I can't be more definitive. No, but context. but you're saying
2: yes. There there seems to be some indication that this particular virus that the the younger children and I, and I think they were saying the ones that they they were really talking about elementary school uh, that they were the, and, and younger that they were seeing a very low infection rate of them being able to pass it on to anyone, but they, they can't say that it can't happen. It just seems like it rarely happened. Is that a, is that a safe way to say Yeah.
4: It? Right. I mean, if, if, if we're talking about the same study, the one that I read was pretty well done and it showed that most of the cases of coronavirus in patients who were diagnosed were coming from people who were in their forties and their fifties. So when they broke it down by age group, they found very, very few infections, from, ch- from people less than age 18. So that's
3: where that headline came from. And, and Dr. Jody, we're, we're almost to the bottom of the hour, and I, I wanted to ask you this, too, because we, we trust your input on this and you're on the front line. Uh, and uh, apparently there's just studies galore right now on every, yeah, everything. Yeah. We you don't would, know what's good and what's bad. You would think so. But there's yeah. one study out there that says that this thing is going to run its course uh, in, a, in an area that takes about 70 to 80 days. And it really doesn't matter what you do. The results uh, are are pretty much the same if you lock everybody down or you let them stay out, but it just takes about 70 to 80 days to run its course. Have Have you seen that one?
4: Yeah, so what you're talking about is basically the herd immunity concept, the idea that we have this incredibly infectious virus. Each person on average will infect two to three others if you don't have any measures in place. And if you just let it run through the community, At the end of that time period, you'll have herd immunity in the group. And that's true theoretically, but imagine all the things we have to get through to get to that point. That's a whole lot of death and suffering and disease that we do have some tools to prevent with physical distancing, with some of the things that we're doing now. It doesn't have to be that way. We don't have to all... you know, get everybody infected to get to the other end of herd immunity. That's that's the hard path. In my yeah. Opinion.
2: And yeah, and and we're running out of time. But I think also, you know, with the other patient, the economy and people's livelihood. Sure, mm-hmm. I, I think certainly we can find a an area we can be in both of those camps where we certainly get get as much of the economy going as we possibly can while still practicing you know the masks, the gloves, the social distancing, right. and. And maybe exactly. maybe there's a way to get exactly. both things happening at the same time. And certainly there's there isn't a no risk scenario. It just doesn't exist. We're we're trying to. Right, me- but I think
4: what you're saying is true. It's not just two paths, right? It's not right. the black or the white path. And right. We got to find a way to do it safely. I right. agree with
2: that. Yeah, because the, there's a lot of desperation going on with people with livelihood and businesses and 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 we're not right. just, we're not just talking about the economy. Right. I know people say, well, the wall. Yeah. This, is, this is the rich. No, there yeah. there's people out there that certainly aren't wealthy. They don't have a job right now. And, no, uh, and
4: the unemployment rates are higher than they've been in a very long time, and it's, it's, a, it's a huge problem. You're, you're, you're right.
2: Thanks for your work, and thanks, thanks for taking, Dr. Jody, taking time with us. Um,
3: you my know.
4: pleasure. I'm glad to answer your questions. Yeah,
3: well, you've done another great job. Thanks and, for what you doing. And remember, if Rick and Bubba end up in a blind study, we want the good stuff. <laughs> I'll
4: remember that. I'll remember
7: that.
1: Dude, I don't
3: know. Maybe I could get through it with just placebo. I, I want to see how strong my
5: mind is. Thanks a lot. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba.
2: 35 minutes past the hour, the Rick and Bubba Show, 866, we be big as our number. Mother's Day is here, uh, and for a lot of us, uh, now there may be opportunities for some people to go see Mama, uh, but uh, if you are going to be unable uh, to see Mom this weekend, uh, she is still expecting to hear from you, and uh, what a great idea to send beautiful flowers from 1-800-Flowers.com. Uh, right now make a move. Don't put it off. You're going to be sorry. Go right now. Uh, because they've got beautiful mother's day gifts, bouquets and arrangements. They got, uh, it's a great way to make every mom feel loved when it matters most. They're, they got roses. They got lilies. They got daisies. They got other options. All blooms are picked at their peak and shipped overnight to ensure freshness and also to ensure her amazement. So, uh, 1-800-Flowers.com. They are committed to safety of their team members as well as your family. Uh, so all deliveries are contactless. So now, go ahead now. Let's get our delivery date done uh, and go to 1-800-Flowers.com. Let's lock in our order. Don't put it off another day. I know some of you meant to do it last week, and you're hearing me say this. You're like, oh, I didn't do that. Go ahead and make a move now. 1-800-Flowers.com. Click the radio icon. Enter the code Bubba. Uh, there you'll see some uh, some special savings available to you. Also, there's a link at rickandbubba.com there under the Sponsors button. All right, so we've talked the medical side with, with Dr. Odom. We've got our updates there, and then we're going to talk civil liberties uh, with one of the state's attorney generals coming up out of our state of Alabama. There's people asking uh, the attorney generals for exemptions, saying, uh, you know, based on counties and cities and, and how does this work and a lot of things that, that are getting real eerie concerning the state and the church. Uh, and, and we're going to have that, that, that conversation on the other end of the spectrum and that's the civil civil liberties, uh, part of what's happening too. coming up with, uh, one of the attorney generals here is it next hour. Yeah. 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 yeah.
3: yeah. Uh, top of the next hour, yeah. uh, Steve Marshall, the attorney general for the uh, state of Alabama and we appreciate him coming on, uh, Rick, uh, a little sleepy this morning, not just because of the yep. new schedule, mm-hmm. but uh, that that last dance uh, documentary uh, series is killing me uh, coming on in the middle last of the night, dance. like it is. Uh, yeah, well, eight, but, eight,
2: eight o'clock central for us uh, is a is a tough one. And here's what I don't understand. And about, then you
3: have the nine o'clock one. So yeah, nice. here's what I
2: don't understand about us. Yeah. We could just wait for it to be over and go back and watch it on demand. Yeah, But, but, but there's I,
3: something about when it's available, I have to go see it. And yeah. see, I live this too, so mm. this is not like past history I don't know anything about, but I think we're just – Forgot I, a lot of it. I, I think mm-hmm. it's our yeah. – yeah. Oh, yeah, it's good yeah. to see I it forgot documented a lot of it. again. Yeah, yeah, I forgot yeah, a lot of it. I, mm-hmm. it, it. I think it's just our sports fix that we need.
2: Yeah. Oh, gosh, we need it. so But yeah, i tell you what I had, and I didn't realize this. On Friday night, we'll talk about it. Uh, we get to the other side of this. But uh, I love to watch a football life. I did just like what you did. I said, if Last Dance is working for me, let me find something else. And I found a football life, and I saw two of them I'd never seen, Bruce Smith and Terry Bradshaw. And, by the way, I understand why I hadn't seen Terry Bradshaw. He talked about that. They've been wanting him to do one for a long
5: time. He wouldn't wouldn't, do it. it. (laughs) By the way,
2: I I, I thought life was better there. I didn't realize there was so much animosity. But, anyway,
3: we'll talk Mm. about that later. Uh, so you know you forget how dominating Michael Jordan was. Oh my goodness! And uh, what uh, how poetic he was with the basketball oh in his my, hand. Unbelievable! Um, you forget about that over time, yeah. and it's just good to see that footage again and relive that domination because right. they they definitely changed the whole. I mean. The NBA was a big deal, and we had some great teams, and we had the Lakers-Celtics matchups and, you know, all of that. And and then the bad boy run with the Pistons, but – Man, when they came on the scene and had the you know the dream team tied into all that, and we got to see the dream team footage last night. That was really good. They confirmed that nobody wanted Isaiah Thomas on the team. Oh yeah, And look, uh, Michael Jordan's still there. He's not. He's not hiding it now. He's. I don't like him. I don't like him. Michael Jordan. I respect his talent, but I don't like. He He
2: said Michael Jordan said it as straight (laughs) as he could, and like you said, there was no one. I mean, no one can ever (laughs) misunderstand Michael Jordan's view of Isaiah Thomas. He said it clear. I respect his game. He said I'll put him as the number two guard of all time behind Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson, then Isaiah Thomas. With that being said, I don't like him. (laughs)
3: <laughs> he <just laughs> never got over hey, it. As a person,
2: and, I don't like him. And, and, and they, and, they and he said, and I'm not alone. He said, everybody thinks I'm the one that kept him off the dream team. There were a lot of people that didn't want him on. There. Right. I wasn't only one.
3: But, but <laughs> right. I will tell you, there was somebody asked, Hey, Mike, are you? Already? No, they did because is, Isaiah Thomas's is coach was the coach of the dream team. Remember? How about how about the call came in and Michael Jordan
2: said this and I, and he said they asked me to be on it. And I said, "Are there certain people going to be on the team?" And he said, "He didn't say who." <laughs> say. And they said, "They said no. That that certain person won't be on the team." And he, he said, "Okay, I'm in." Okay, then I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> but he said that there were others didn't want him on there either. And doubtly Isaiah Thomas yeah. is not a pleasure to be around. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what, what I'm thinking. Like. Now I still like people who won't get. Now Isaiah Thomas has tried to downplay some of the things they did by not shaking their hand and all that. Yeah. I love that Bill Lambier was interviewed. He said. I didn't give a blank then, so I don't give a blank <laughs> now. Yeah, <what's> <laughs> <thing>? <laughs> Nothing's changed with get me. Get over it. I still, I didn't care that I did it then. I don't care that and, I did it now. And, and <laughs> yeah. looking back on it, I did not shake and, the hand. One going to, don't care what y'all think about it. <laughs> and, I don't care what you thought about it then.
3: I don't care what you think about it now. Yeah. And Bill Lambert has been a pretty successful <laughs> coach for his basketball, but he can't get to the NBA level mm-hmm. because there's a lot of people still don't like him. Yeah. Isn't it interesting that uh, the Bulls,
2: though, would take a piston and Dennis Rodman? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. They took crazy. Yeah, they did. They, <laughs> they said did. We, we, they wouldn't have take. Think about this. Uh, according to what we're seeing, the Bulls were willing to play with one piston, and that was Dennis Rodman. They would mm-hmm. not have played with Isaiah Thomas or probably Bill Ambeer. Yeah. Can't mm-hmm. say anything about the others or Rick no.
3: Mahorn or any of that. Yeah, know. I don't know. But
2: but <laughs> it's clear that how about this? It is official. They do that. Michael Jordan does not like
3: Isaiah Thomas, and he still doesn't like. And it. if you no. remember this the special on the Pistons, mm-hmm. if you've ever seen that, Rick Mahorn was the one. That really started all that. Oh, yeah. he, he was enforcer number one. Yeah. And they actually traded him off, and that's kind of when the Pistons fell apart.
2: Don't y'all miss, though, really looking, looking at this? And I'm not a big NBA fan. I haven't watched the NBA really probably since this era. Really, not much at all. I had not But I, people who do are telling me, like my son and, and all that, that, hey, they don't play basketball like that anymore. That, that right there is rough. Oh, yeah. that, that's, yeah. that right yeah. there was a rough guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah was, you know. yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so so it, it's it's revealing to see, like, Michael's got a gambling situation, and we remember that. Yeah. And, and, yeah. It, and it's worse than he's letting on, but as one guy said. And it said, ain't
3: played all the way out yet. We'll the, see more of that. Well,
2: I mean. as one guy said, he's just got so much money that even with a gambling problem, he still can't. He's got so much money, yeah. it, it doesn't matter how much he loses. Yeah. Right. Gonna, he can lose a lot and still have a yeah. lot. And, and he, he admitted he got in with some shady people. Yeah, time, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, yeah. Well, if you're gambling, you go to where the gambling's happening. Who would have thought shady people would have been there?
1: <laughs>
2: and everybody didn't like when he went to Atlantic City when they were down two games to none against the Knicks. And him and his daddy went to Atlantic City and got up a little bit. See, I hadn't seen these episodes,
3: yeah. so I'm going
8: to go but back. He, hey. he claims he got
2: back at a yeah. decent time for, just, for an NBA grown man. about band. one in the
3: morning. Yeah. But, But, uh, hey, he turned it on after that. Apparently, that break was what he – he said he needed to clear his mind, and uh, apparently it did because he went nuts when he got back. The way he
2: played the next game, he can go to Atlantic City whenever he wants to. (laughs) And that was kind of his point. Y'all do realize that I'm a pro. I'm going to be a pro when I get here. And and I think the thing that makes him so amazing looking back, it seems, to the point you just made, Bubba, that he was so gifted that he had the ability to say, I will take over an NBA game against the greatest players in the world. I'm going to take the game over and until and I'm going to score until I'm done. He would just declare, you know, He's like one guy. game he just declared he was going to show he could shoot threes. Yeah. So he did.
3: Yeah.
2: You know, and, and just and was just shooting all over Clyde the Glide like there was no tomorrow. Oh, somebody he shot
3: Clyde out of the county. Somebody made a mistake and started comparing acting, like, yep. acting like Clyde was as good as Jordan. He, Rick, said he wasn't as good as there, there was one and thing, I there was a thread through all of this. You you don't want to make Michael mad. No, you don't. Because he will go nuts He'll to go prove you wrong. He'll go
2: absolutely bonkers on and,
3: and we even saw that what had to be probably, I think, one of the greatest basketball games of all time that nobody ever saw, and that's when the Dream Team practiced against each other. Yes. They and they covered mad. that last night, Speedy. You would love this. They're in gen- – and they are going at it. I mean, they are practicing hard, okay? Barkley and Magic are on one team. Jordan's on the other. And, and Bird. And Bird. And he said they were up by about six points. Eight. Eight, Eight points. Eight points. Thank you. Yep. Eight points. And Magic said, I did one of the most stupidest things I could ever do. He said, I said to Jordan – if you don't put that Air Jordan cape on, you' about to lose. Right, and he said oh, he my. took the game over, and we lost and said it was so ugly and got so competitive they went back on the bus and said nobody was talking mm-hmm. after the thing. And then finally Magic at the back of the bus says, well, I guess I shouldn't have said anything <laughs> yeah, because right. I think we made him mad. And then, there, and then everybody he just said, hey,
2: Charles, I guess I should have kept my mouth shut. We went ahead and made him mad. We? And then and everybody, he said, started, everybody laughing. started laughing.
8: And Charles went, oh, yeah. But, it, but,
2: at one, but at one time, at one time, Magic got so mad in the practice game, he threw the ball completely yeah. up <laughs> into the top of the college <laughs> table. Yeah, <laughs> they all got real mad with each other. And and they they, they, they played. said the greatest basketball. Well, game the dream team ever played was a practice game against each other, yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and they were sh- and you don't see a lot of footage of it. No. I, I have it before I mean, that, but hey, boy, they, Speedy, were go- they were going at it. Jordan is flying down the lane, knocking Barkley out, and yeah. they're knocking him. To- I mean, it. They were playing rough, rough practice, getting ready to go to the uh, go to the Olympics where they were going to play one of the best teams there right out of the gate,
2: Croatia. Yeah, yeah, and then I feel bad oh. for the guy; I can't pronounce his name. They oh, ended up Lee. playing for
3: the M- Gray. What was his name? I don't think he ever did. He go play for uh, him? yeah. Oh yeah. It starts with a yeah. K. Don't his yeah. last name? Yeah.
2: And they welcomed him in, but yeah. but they but fa- not
3: not then because they thought he'd snubbed them and they didn't no. like the fact that the GM the GM this was kid, making so much. Uh, he was talking about him so much, and Rodman. I mean. Uh, and Scottie Pippen was still mad he wasn't making the money, so they decided they were going to destroy this guy in the game. Greg, did you see the footage last night? No, I And it. I remember that. They knocked him. He was averaging, what, 20-something points a game. He ended up with four points and one rebound. Yeah. And, and he only got his four in, like, the last two minutes of the game. He's, I mean, they just he, shut him down. He's
2: in war-torn, <laughs> war-torn Croatia. The Bulls, he said, are not even offering me enough, more money than I'm making the European League. Mm-hmm. And he said, but but Klaus, little big man, little slimy, yeah. gets all engrossed in him and starts talking about how great he is, and he's going to be one of the greatest players to ever come into America, and they're going to sign him, and Pippen doesn't have a new deal, and they're talking about how much they love this guy. And, and, of course, that made him really mad. And you feel bad for him. He's sitting there going, I didn't know about any of this. <laughs> he said, I got mauled. <laughs> didn't I, I wasn't trash-talking anybody. <laughs> oh, Klaus got them hating him.
5: Oh, a little, a, little
2: sli- a little slimy Greg.
5: Yeah. A little fatty. A
3: little right. fatty nasty. When Michael turned it on. I bet he wouldn't let him smoke a cigar said it would stun his growth. It's
1: classic. <laughs> <laughs> Rick and Bubba. Rick and Bubba to the house.
5: Rick and Bubba, Rick and
1: Bubba. Pass
5: the gravy, please. Rick and Bubba,
8: Rick and Bubba. Ooh, it brings me to my knees. Rick and Bubba,
5: Rick. Nine
2: minutes to the top of the hour.
5: The Rick and Bubba Show. Eight six six. We be big is the number.
2: Yeah, I think we're all just starved for uh, any kind of sports. I mean, I'm watching a football live on Friday night. I'm, I'm sitting there staying up till ten o'clock for us, which is late, watching you know Last Dance because there's new episodes, even though I could just watch them on demand. But I mean, you just want something to you know to write down. So hey, I want I want to watch something. You know, you, you just want to be able to see it.
3: So uh, Yeah, it, it's like our sports fix we need. One of the things, though, last night, and you guys didn't see it, and uh, I hope you will soon, though, because mm. I think they've been very well done. There's a little b- too much forward and back yeah. for me. I'd rather just stay yeah. on the timeline. But, you know, take away the artsy-fartsy stuff. It's still good. When, <laughs> you know, they're doing I Want to Be Like Mike campaign, and they show him doing that and, uh, you know, shooting the videos for it with Spike Lee and all that. And then they show him in the hotel room. And uh, especially th- toward the end of it. And he's going, you don't want to be, you don't want to be Michael Jordan. And he's sitting there smoking a cigar up on the couch. And he said, I'm, I'm basically a prisoner in this hotel room and I can't go anywhere. Can't do it. He said, I'm so done with it. So done with it. And, th- and then but- he'd go out and score 50 points. Well it was
2: interesting what they did one time though and certainly we they all They showed
3: you everything he went through from hotel yeah. to game back to hotel. That was really good. Unbelievable.
2: That was that that probably's been my favorite thing cuz yeah. you know when you watch these kind of things I want to see things I don't know. Yeah. You know I want you know like you Greg you and I talk about it. you could you could put just about any band on the planet yeah. and say we're going to go on tour with them and show you what it's like to be on tour and I'll watch it. it'll be a man that I have no desire because I like to see these things and so one thing they did I thought in my opinion I agree with you Bubba as far as what I like it's been so far one of the most enjoyable things because they said we're going to show you what it's like for him on a game day and and when he arrives in the city when he said on the road at home whatever and what all is waiting at every little turn and you find yourself kind of respecting that you know, even though he had some moments that they talked about with the gambling thing, and he went to Atlantic City that time, and, and you know, so he had some people he was in with when he was doing some of his gambling that turned out to be some pretty shady people, and he had to go on to a trial yeah. with one guy because yeah. they found a $57,000 yeah, check from Michael Jordan to him <laughs> for a gambling debt. Mm. And uh, but, but anyway, and he, and he went in and he said, yeah, you know. But to watch how he was able to keep his brand – not not completely unscathed, but not damaged. Yeah. He he never had anything come down yeah. to where you know his sponsors didn't want to be with him anymore mm-hmm. or, or anything like that. And it was um, I, I I was also interested in how Air Jordans came to be. He wanted to be with Adidas, and Adidas you talk about missing the boat. Right. The, you know it, it, you know Converse was the official deal of the NBA, so they basically said you're not a big enough name for us yet because we got Magic, we got Bird, we got him You know we got Patrick Ewing. Uh, we got them all. Not when Patrick Ewing. It was uh, what was his name that played for the Knicks? That Bernard King. Yeah, yeah, and, Bernie. Yeah, and they were. He was. They, Bernie they were basically show. saying, "Look, you're a rookie. You're new. You're not yeah. going to bump these guys. We're not going to give you a converse shoe of your own." And so then he said he he liked Adidas as far as the way it worked, but Adidas says we're not. We can't take it on. We're not big enough to get this done. And Nike at the time was mainly running shoes, and so he didn't want to go. His mama made him go have the meeting with Nike. They were like, she said, you at least need to go hear what they have to say. And I didn't realize as you talk about numbers how they changed. They said that the NBA deals, like with Converse and stuff, were like they'd give somebody a hundred thousand hmm. dollars, and and then Jordan got Nike to give him two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and that was considered to be a huge. Ooh. He had doubled up what everybody else, and they made the first Air Jordans, mm-hmm. and they said they hoped to sell a three million of them in the first year. They sold one hundred twenty-five million pair. <laughs> Good night. And they were trying to do three million. <laughs> <laughs> then you saw his next country. I was about to say, yeah. and at that moment, I want to be like Mike. You know what I mean? So, uh, but that—that's uh, that's when you knew. Oh, I've got myself a little brand here.
1: Yeah, yeah.
3: But uh, and the but, way those shoes evolved <laughs> over time, and then on his last tour, he went back and tried yeah. to wear the first pair he wore. At uh, the garden in New York and he had a fantastic game. He said the shoes were killing. He said his feet were bleeding mm-hmm. after the game. He said his socks were covered in blood. They were hurting his feet so He was
2: talking about those <laughs> new guys. So he said, Look, the ones y'all wear now, you don't know what I start out
3: with. <laughs> and so he like Bubba said he did it for a
2: nostalgia thing and he said my, my, my socks had blood all in them at the end of the game. He oh. said he's trying to get where those shoes He said get? I
3: wanted to change, but said I was red hot and I didn't want to mess up. You know, I didn't want to change. So, the, so all that,
2: thing. Yeah, all that was interesting. Yeah. I, I know some people have said, you know, that are the critics that they they thought it was gonna be better than it is, but I think it's I think it's really done. It? Like I yeah. say, it gets a little artsy at times, and
3: yeah, some you know. of that back and forth. You're you're comparing the end versus the mid, you know. And I, what what about? But the, still, I'm how about this? I'm sitting up and watching. It it. I would not sit up and watch anything I'm,
8: else. I'm doing it on appointment TV, and I don't do that like yeah. you say. What anyone. about the conspiracy that's out there that when he left and went to play for the Barons and play baseball, that it was actually a cover up by the NBA for his gambling issues that. He to make it look like, hey, I just want to leave the game and go do something else. They haven't. They haven't. They haven't. And so I, I don't know. And I, well, I don't
2: know if we'll even get there because yeah. I think this one ends with the 98 season. Okay. So when does well, it, that, when did he play for the Barons? He, when he did that, he came back to number 45, right?
1: Yeah.
2: So that that was after the
3: 98 deal, right? Yeah, I have to get I my timeline remember. out yeah. and look. But so we may not ever get into that. I would say that's not true because you see all this footage that was shot back then, mm-hmm. and he is – he is so done with it. I mean, it. Te- I mean, his words are, I am so done with yeah, it while he's probably, smoking a cigar. <laughs> that's probably
8: the case, and we've had some, uh, some emails this morning on it or whatever, just about, you know, anything that's out there, there's this conspiracy, you know, about it. And so when he left and went and played baseball, right. there was always that, hey, I wonder but after, why.
3: After he left, and I, I guess it was on uh, the interviews after that when Barkley was on, and they had one of the uh, the female reporters that came to Birmingham and covered him when he was with the Barons, mm-hmm. and she said uh, that they were talking and and the the bulls were playing, and said he he just like ran over everybody to get to the TV to see what was huh. going on, and she said I knew right then he wasn't done with basketball because he still
2: I think loved he, just, it. I think he, he needed a, a break he needed a, he hit a burnout point he yeah. won Zero. he'd won five you know however many championships he yeah. ended up with. Uh-huh. And they, they, you know, this is when they won three in a row. Where they went to this point at three in a row. Well, they did that again, right? <laughs> yeah. Didn't
3: they threepeat twice? I don't know, but it, 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 with it, baseball in yes, the middle, yes. It, and yeah. he went to the Barons in between the 3 threepeats. Did it, right. Wow, that's amazing. Well, so see, he quit it, and went back and did it again, <laughs> y'all. Did it again. Well, he's
2: saying right now in the in the series, I don't even think I'm gonna miss the game. You know what it is? He he he's burned out on the whole being Michael Jordan thing. You know, he he needs a break from that. And uh, and he's saying, you know, they've nobody ever won three in a row. So it's, you can
3: kind of go out on a, hey, I can go out on this. Well, they had there was two other teams had done it, but the, nobody in recent history well with, with with that but nobody done it twice
2: yeah <laughs> it, well up to that point they said that none of the eras had you know the, the magics and the birds had right. not won three in a row right and then no did, these were older yeah That's way back yeah. yeah yeah but uh, modern day you're right but um so i guess we will get to get the barons thing then if they're gonna go all the way to 98 yeah. with this
5: see. top of the hour Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. Radio's Dream Team. Rick Burgess,
0: Bill Bubba Bussing, Calvin Speedy Wilbur, the real Greg Burgess, Helmsy, and Eddie Van Adler.
2: Six minutes now past the hour. From the broadcast plaza and teleports, uh, most of the team back. Yeah, Helmsy in the designated survivor right, mode and so Adler still so on maternity right leave. Uh, and uh, they will be returning sooner than later and uh, Bubba good to have you back Carol on number
3: two. Oh buddy I'm glad to be back. You never look so good Rick. Thank you buddy. I, I tried to keep myself pretty for you. Now you need a haircut but yeah. other than that.
1: <laughs>
2: well you know if you, you can get creative. now
3: You got one the rest of us look yeah. like
2: woolly bugs. That's right I was able to believe it or not I could persevere through the dangerous cutting of hair. <laughs> uh, apparently it's going to lead to everyone's death. Uh, all right so let's talk about we, we've talked about earlier we, we went medical we've talked to the the research people in the medical field, some of the drugs we're developing and the medical side of COVID-19. Now we're going to get to the constitutional side uh, and the other patient, and that is old lady Liberty herself sitting there in intensive care and people's rights and civil liberties and how do we get the other patient uh, to survive, and that is the economy and people's livelihood Uh, people being trapped in their homes and all the states. uh, we got states that are starting to to ease back uh, uh, into, you know, taking away the state home restrictions. Uh, We do have out of the state of Alabama Attorney General Steve Marshall. Uh, He was sworn in as the 48th Attorney General in the state of Alabama uh, back in 2017. He joins us now. Attorney General, welcome to the Rick and Bubba Show.
6: Good morning, fellas. Monkey grass and green acres. Hey!
3: <laughs> thank you, sir. And Mister Ag, I want—I want to tell you full disclaimer. I-, I voted for you three times: okay? <laughs> In the primary, the runoff, <laughs> and the general election. And and we're think and we think you're doing a good job up to this point. Okay, I mean we, we really thank do. Thank you. <laughs> and like i, I haven't you. met you. I think you may have met him. Once, yeah, right? we had we yeah. we
2: actually uh, I had uh, the the great day of having lunch with you and us talking about some of the things that were going on. In our state, and the job you guys were doing on some of the unbelievable drug problems and the opioids and drug rings in rural Alabama, and we, we had a great meeting about that, and you guys have done a good job of trying to address that.
3: But uh, but here, boy, we're in a di- we're in a whole different game now. Yeah. A G. Marshall, there's a lot of people that are deeply concerned right now. Not only uh, uh, the fact that we have a pandemic that we're fighting through, but also the fact that they are now facing the second month that they can't pay their rent or their mortgage, and they have exhausted their savings, and now they're relying on family, friends, and churches to feed them, which, uh, you know, is. Uh, and a few months ago they were doing gangbusters. So le- let me ask you this, and you-, you can kind of fill us in on it, because we, we obviously don't know all the ins and outs of this. But we were sold the lockdown on flattening the curve, that we didn't want to overrun our health care system. I think most people uh, with with common sense understood that, agreed to that. But we, looks to me like, have flattened the curve. We have people in hospitals that are being laid off, even some in some areas saying they're going to go broke because we don't have the elective procedures going on. And we, I guess a lot of people don't understand why There's some businesses that are locked down and some that are not. Can you help us with that?
6: You know, in some ways, Bob, I would say that the the role of the Attorney General is very different than making those decisions. We got here in Alabama, obviously, a public health officer and a governor that are evaluating the medical data and then issuing these orders, you know, where we fall from the standpoint of AG and law enforcement is really the, the implementation of those rules and trying to give folks guidance. And I can tell you that we get those calls every day here about people that are struggling, people that are having great difficulties, and we have an awful lot of empathy for them, because it is clearly a difficult time, and we recognize the governor is making some hard decisions. But at the same time, there's got to be a light at the end of that tunnel.
3: AG Marshall, that and that brings up a great point. As Attorney General, you, you're the top law enforcement uh, uh, office holder in our state. When and and this is nothing against our current governor. We're talking in in general terms. Do you? Do you have to always enforce that or is there a point where a governor could give an edict or, or whatever and you go, ah, that, that steps over the line or is that the is that the job of the judges to do that? How how do you fall in line with the executive branch, I guess?
6: Well, I I think there's probably a middle ground in what you said. Ultimately, it's a judge's decision to determine whether or not something is constitutional. But at the same time, I think it's my responsibility to make sure that we are giving advice, for example, to the governor if we think that there are orders in place that that definitely at least strike a question as to constitutionality, then we need to be able to inform them of that, and we've had some of those discussions privately. And then also I think one of the things you've seen us do in Alabama is last week we issued a statement just to remind municipalities who obviously have very broad authority during this period of time to be able to say you can act and you can do what you think is in the best interest of your communities, but also remember that you are bound by the Constitution and that there are clear limits in the things that you can eventually do.
3: Okay, and great, great answer. I understand that, and I follow that. Um, when it comes to the governor of our state, whoever it would be, the governor in a time of a state of emergency like we're in has wide-ranging powers. Okay, and I, I've read the 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 law on that, and I'm not an attorney, but I mean it's pretty straightforward. It the, the wide-ranging, but let me ask you this: when it, certainly the governor can close down business or shelter us all in place when the governor thinks it's necessary. But does it does it say in the law and give the governor authority to pick and choose? In other words, if we close everything, I'm fine with that. If we open everything, but does the governor have authority to say, you stay closed, you stay open? If we don't have a scientific study, it's just that's what I think. The word arbitrary is being used a lot.
6: Yeah, and I think that's the great point, is that the constitutional analysis is going to be whether or not there is a compelling state interest. In fact, can you show... From the data, can you show from the research, can you show from the science, that if you take a certain action that restricts your liberty, whether that be leaving your home, whether it be the closing of your business so that you can't earn a job or that you can't go to a church, for example, that you look to see whether or not there is that compelling interest that the government can argue uh, is there for the public health's uh, concern. And so every case is different, every case is unique, uh, and and every state in that regard is probably a little bit different. But one thing that you would have have to show as a governmental authority is: Do you have that compelling data uh, and reason to establish why it is that you've, you've, you've taken certain actions,
3: uh, Attorney General? Let me let me give you case in point, okay? And, and again, we're we're not we're not trying. This is not a hit piece, but we're just trying to get to the bottom of this, okay? We have a barber here on Highway 280 that says he's going bankrupt. He wants to open. And he does open up. He did open up, and it goes against what the governor has said can happen. And he was fined $500 by the Hoover Police Department on Friday. And we'll probably, I don't know if he did Saturday or not, I don't know. But right across the street from him is Home Depot. I personally went in Home Depot when I was in town last week. The place is covered up with people. Uh, everybody's in there handling everything. I don't know how many people was in there, well over 100 And the only difference I could see is people were standing, you know, further apart in the checkout line. You know, they were trying to social separate. But other than that, you wouldn't know that it wasn't any other spring day in a big box, you know, Home Depot, Lowe's type operation. But right across the street, this guy can't cut hair. And then you go up three or four red lights to the north where we have Grandview Hospital, and they're sending people home because they don't have patients. There's just something about that picture does not seem right. Do you do you see that Well, and don't forget oh. Dennis, we, we said
2: Dennis can open up and I can get my mm-hmm. teeth cleaned with gloves and masks, but I can't get a haircut.
3: Do you do you see just something in your soul doesn't seem right about that? Mm-hmm.
6: Oh, I mean, I think, I think that is, is definitely the debate that we're having here in Alabama right now. And if, I think if you talk to Dr. Harris, he's going to talk about those close contact businesses as the reason for why they are being treated differently. At the same time, you know, it gets back to that point we were talking about earlier, that if that were a case being litigated, you know, somebody from the medical community is going to have to establish why it is that we treat that barber or that nail salon different than we would somebody showing up at a big box store or somebody even, Rick, as you were talking about going to a doctor or a dentist office. And, and so each of those again are defined very specifically by the individual circumstances. But uh, guys, I think uh, everybody has a great deal of sensitivity. To what that barber and others are going through right now, and frankly, law enforcement, it's difficult for them yeah. too, understanding yeah, that they got to be able to you know enforce things that they probably are struggling with too.
3: So AG right there is the nail on the head with this. Uh, I know the the public health people are you know trying to do the right thing. I'm not doubting their motive or the governor at all. But when we get down to the point where we say close contact is more dangerous than people handling bags of fertilizer and tomato plants, do we do we just think that's the case, or do we have a scientific study that says absolutely that's more dangerous?
6: Yeah, but I don't know the answer to that one, unfortunately, because you know, and that's not again sort of my realm. We're there to evaluate the orders, and and I know Dr. Harris and the governor are the ones that are seeing that information and in the data. And and look, I think we also recognize this. Governor Ivey's in a tough spot, sure, and I sure. think when all is said and done, we'll look back and figure out whether or not there are things that would be done differently, and I know that she is trying to do the best that she can, but yet uh, there are people that are hurting and there are people that are suffering, and, and Alabama's got to get back, along with our sister states, to the point that we're operating in this new normal.
2: All right, we'll, we'll come back. we got more with the Attorney General coming up, and we'll ask some other questions, and it is true that it is a tough situation. But that's why we put signs up to say, vote for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want to make those stuff yeah. decisions. You told us you wanted to make these tough decisions. So here you go. Here you go.
5: We've tossed you the keys to the state. Make a decision. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba.
2: 22 minutes past the hour. As uh, states are starting to reopen and work their way back, and it varies wildly all over the country, attorney generals um, have um, have work to do, as do the governor's office, and uh, and they're all in their in their lane. We're talking to Attorney General Steve Marshall out of Alabama, uh, Bob. I know you had one more question, then we're going to ask about uh, you know because we're we're getting into a constitutional conversation now because the Constitution says what it says. And it and it doesn't say unless there's a pandemic, right? Uh, yeah, and and so we have to kind of figure this out. But you hadn't had another question, yeah? About.
3: Attorney General Marshall, again, thank you for coming on and 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 taking these oh, questions because people are are ring, you know, they're just reaming their hand, wringing their hands, going, I, I don't understand this. Uh, yeah, there's some of that going on too. But uh, so uh, I think you're uh, quoting the uh, barber. Yeah, that right, can't open, right, right. Go ahead, yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. A.G. Marshall, you, you mentioned how tough this was on police officers and law enforcement. If a mayor or if a sheriff or if a chief of police or even an officer says, I'm not going to cite a barbershop because I think this is unconstitutional, do they have the right to do that?
6: Well, one thing that law enforcement does have the opportunity to do is use discretion and restraint, and and we have encouraged that from the very beginning. You know, for example, when the first full stay-at-home order came into place. Yeah, you know, We had law enforcement want to know whether or not they could pull somebody over just because people were out on the cars on the roads, and we said, no, that's not a sufficient basis, and that's not the way that we ought to exercise uh, the use of our authority. And so uh, we've told law enforcement to, to make sure that um, that they use uh, at least common sense in, in the areas that they're acting to make sure that uh, they use all the tools available to them, including warning individuals, but more importantly, that if they're going to act, it needs to be in a situation in which the public health uh, concerns and danger is in place as a result of somebody's activity. And so uh, I think law enforcement, again, has done really well in Alabama. I'm proud of their efforts thus yeah. far, uh, and I think that people are using common sense in the implementation of these orders.
3: I know also you your office got some waivers from some mayors. Any hope of any of that uh, going through, or what's the status of those? I think Heflin, Pell City. Uh, had asked for a waiver from somebody. Yeah, how's that going to work?
6: Yeah, you know, Bob, I tell you, I don't know specifically about that. I haven't seen any request for a waiver. I know they have made at least some some cities have made that request to the governor themselves. Okay, and so uh, I'm not sure what response we'll see on that. Yeah, you know, the one thing that we've learned is that cities. Uh, don't have the ability to be less restrictive than the state. They can be more restrictive. And so in fact, that's one of the reasons why, you know, we had a little bit of a situation with Birmingham last week where we had to uh, put out something again that we thought was important to remind them that if you're going to act even more stringently than what the state is requiring, you better have a very compelling state public health interest uh, in the implementation of those orders.
3: And you're referring to a mask uh, ordinance where right. you're going to have to have a mask or, and, and also uh, a curfew.
6: Right. Yeah, I think, you know, each of those are, are uniquely examined based upon what the law requires curfew, probably less of a restraint than a mask. And you know the the thing that we were concerned about, number one, for law enforcement, is it puts them in a very difficult position when they become the mask police. Yeah. But also, you know, for example, we use this scenario that if under that ordinance, if you were in a building that was completely unoccupied other than just yourself and you were there for business, and you weren't wearing a mask, then you had committed a crime, and and we thought that raised significant constitutional concerns because there was no direct public health nexus in that scenario that would cause that ordinance to be enforced.
2: So let's talk about churches, which to me is a whole different ball game according to the Constitution, and it's I agree. pretty and it's pretty straightforward. And we had some pastors last night sending me some text. Uh, I got called in in I know in Missouri and Kansas in Kansas City on the Missouri side and and probably on the on the Kansas side as well, uh, is that there's you got mayors that are saying that they want churches to keep a tally of who comes in the church and and just like they're telling them to do with other places and the church has said, no, no, we, we can't be required to take people's names and that's not gonna happen. Uh, because really the way I see the Constitution, and you can correct me, the churches are obeying and they're doing what needs to be done out of a suggestion, I don't know that they can be made to do anything by the government.
6: Yeah. Now, Rick, I think your analysis is really good, and, and we just saw a decision out of the Sixth Circuit up in Kentucky that kind of reaffirmed exactly what you're talking about. And I think there's really, with churches, there's, there's kind of two different, Different questions. One is should they be open? Right. And that's a decision that ought to be left to the churches to make. For example, I go to the Church of the Highland, which has got a big congregation, we're probably not ready to be open. Sure. But, but that's, the real but question the constitutionally is yeah, yeah. can can the government prohibit them from being open? And I think that is obviously a much different question in which the Constitution is implicated. We have given our thoughts to the governor on this. I hope that we're going to see uh, some changes about this coming forward because, again, we've seen some litigation already around the state, around the country, where states um, have been pushed back against by the courts. Again, particularly the K- Kentucky decision last week, and so that's one of the things that I hope you'll see change here in Alabama soon.
3: Yeah, AG Marshall, I, I I agree with that. And and what we're referring to is like our church, and I go to the church at Brook Hills. We have decided we're not going to meet for another month and we're going to stay electronic and our sunday school class is not going to meet for another month but that should be the church's decision to Correct. do that just like if the sanctuary is on fire you're not going to meet if there's a tornado right. coming you're going to take cover obviously the church is not the building but the first amendment to the constitution says congress shall pass no law that's going to abridge that right i don't know how much simpler that can be and it's there's no exceptions For pandemics, I mean, shouldn't that be adults' decisions what to do? And I think they will act wisely, but it's just the concept of it being told to us from either Montgomery or Washington that I think rubs everybody absolutely
2: the wrong way. Well, it seems pretty obvious that A.G. Barr agrees with that. He's, He's very sensitive to that, it seems to be.
6: No, I think I think you're both absolutely right. I mean, the Supreme Court has clearly said that in public health emergencies there can be some temporary restriction on constitutional rights, but yet there are limits and, and this is one. You know, if I can go to a Lowe's or I can go to a Walmart, I can go to just a general store and be socially distanced with limits on numbers, then why should that be any different than churches? And so I hopefully, again, I hope that's a change we're going to see here in Alabama.
2: Thanks a lot, Attorney General Thanks Steve you, sir. Marshall. Thanks for checking in with us. Give us your time. Rick and
5: Bubba, Rick and Bubba. Daily, that common sense is a superpower. American heroes, Rick and Bubba.
2: 35 minutes now past the hour. Rick and Bubba, thank you for being with us on the program today. MyPillow.com, Mother's Day coming up this Sunday. How about making mom happy with a great new pillow, perhaps some of the best sheets you'll ever find anywhere. New bath or hand towels, washcloths that rival anything that you'll find at the best hotels, or maybe it's a nice new duvet or mattress topper, whatever it is, Uh, show your support for this great American company buying up as many MyPillow products as possible, and they make incredible Mother's Day gift ideas. Uh, Also, if you want to get some really good, uh, I mean, there's some great deals available right now, at boy Lindale, go to Radio Specials there at MyPillow.com. Uh, take the promo code Bubba with you and let the savings begin. I'll come with a sixty money back uh, sixty day money back guarantee. Also, they'll ship ship them for free as well. Mypillow.com, Mother's Day Specials. They're under radio specials or rickandbubba.com. Just click on the click on the sponsors button. Um, all right, so we talked to one of the attorney generals, and I, I think we could hear and what he was saying is the constitution must not be trampled during all of this, and law enforcement's going to take that into account. Uh, they will be listening to what the governors decide, but they also will be filtering that through con- the Constitution, which um, you will not find in the Constitution. You find emergencies, but you don't find uh, this emergency. You do it this way. In pandemics, you do it another way. Uh, I mean, the the authority is the authority. And as we said, and I think um, if you even glance at the constitu- Constitution, you see that it's, it's clear there is no authority that they really have over the churches right now the churches are, are making wise decisions and they'll continue to do that. Uh, but, uh, I don't think the state or the country can tell the churches what to do.
3: Well, I appreciate, uh, A.G. Marshall coming on and he answered some, some, I feel like tough questions. Um, and it's, it's tough times. I mean, we, you know, like I've said many times, it's our first pandemic, we're learning, but yeah, you know, the, the bill of rights, uh, by its name, mm. Bill of Rights, right, and right out of the gate, we tackled uh establishing a religion or prohibiting the free worship thereof uh, It's a pretty big deal uh for the forefathers to tackle that and it it comes out of what they had dealt with, mm. and again uh this I think the issue here is not meeting or not meeting but being told you can't meet and if you love the Constitution. It's pretty, I mean, it's just pretty straightforward. If you had eighth grade civics, I don't know that you need to be a constitutional scholar to read that one and and try to break it down. And like he said, there are instances temporarily where we can suspend our rights, Um, but it has to be compelling, I think was the word. Yep. And it can be only temporary, and that's a general term, but I I would say that the temporariness of this, I think, is playing out. Well, and you hit on something that I think <laughs> the businesses that the, with the,
2: this word "arbitrary," which he also dealt with that, and I appreciate him not shying away from that. I think it, it's it, it's reasonable for someone who owns a restaurant, who owns a barber, if they are in a state where they're not allowed to work, while these other businesses that you mentioned, you know, if I were to sit down across from whoever the Fauci of Alabama is, and I would sit down across across from Alabama's Fauci, and uh, because I know in our state these businesses are not allowed to open the barbers or the restaurants yet. And I would say, y'all say follow the science, follow the data. I'm sitting here right now. My livelihood is is, uh, – I'm days away from maybe never returning. I've got employees that don't have a job right now. Show me the science that says that getting your teeth cleaned puts you at less risk than getting your hair cut. I'd like to
3: see the science of that. And, and Rick, there, right? may, Is that fair? The, there mm-hmm. may be science to that, but we don't well, have the studies. Well, well, let's see it. Well, that doesn't exist yet. But if I'm not going to be able to so, have my livelihood, I right, want to see it. Right. But the fact that it doesn't exist yet means we are making decisions on what we think and how we feel. Mm. And I would submit to you and A.G. And Marshall and anybody that when I am deciding somebody's livelihood – whether their business will make it or fail, whether they will be able to pay their employees, whether they're going to have to declare bankruptcy off what I think and feel, that's a, that's a dangerous area to be in. And if I was a restaurant entrepreneur, I would say, okay, so we
2: can do curbside, right? That's right. Okay. So stay with me. I can get my teeth cleaned. You can. Okay. I can go in a boutique. You can. I can go in a hardware store. You can. I can go in a grocery store. You can. Okay. So, so stay with me. So if I put my tables six feet apart, by your own rules, okay, and my waiters and waitresses are, are wearing masks and gloves, okay, and the tables are six feet apart, how is that more dangerous than them driving up to my curb and I run out of the kitchen and hand them a bag with no gloves and no mask on? Because some places are doing that. You, know, you go through yeah. drive-thru. Yeah. Not every drive-thru has glove and mask on. Is, so tell me if I'm at the hardware store, as Bubba's mentioned, and everybody's touching everything in here. And I don't know who's touched what when I go to the no, to No, you don't. And I get in aisles and people break the six
3: feet thing. It happens all the time. Sometimes and accidentally, you're just looking am at. I, am I am I
2: in more danger? But remember, remember, nobody's going to catch me in a net and make me go to a restaurant or make me go to a barbershop.
3: No, no, I'm perfectly You realize nobody has to. to, stay to at, I mean, I can stay at home if I want to. And you know what? I wouldn't
2: if I was if I was the governor. Like I say now, I really don't want to hear about the pressure put on people in these positions. They asked for us to vote for them so they could have this authority. So they, they would be putting – are you saying on the signs, vote for me only if I don't have to make hard decisions? <laughs> yeah. That's not what the sign says, no, right? God, no. Vote for me because I'll make hard decisions because, you know, what we hear about how, how difficult it is for them to do their job in the government, state, local, and federal. It's just difficult. Well, y'all begged for the job. I mean, do it. We tossed you the keys. You said you wanted the responsibility, so make the decisions, and, but do it, do it wisely. So what I would say, and I think this is, would be a better way to go, especially now, I want you all to know that we're going, we're going to let businesses operate. We're going to let people open who've made decisions to open. And then what we're going to do is you as American citizens and citizens of whatever state, fill in the blank state, you all make decisions for yourself based on the science we have. If you're in this category, you're, you're, you're susceptible at a higher degree than if you're in this category. Y'all take the science that you have as free people in a free country and entrepreneurs who are free in a free country. Y'all open up. Y'all do your thing. And then if you get sick, that's on you. And then if your business can't make it because people won't come because they're too afraid, then you just go out of business naturally. Okay? And, and, and to me, that that's a more American way to do this. We Like you said, I don't mind us shutting down for a few weeks. I mean – we didn't know what was happening, but we're at the point now we can't continue to do this. And now, this arbitrary stuff just doesn't make any sense. You can't say, Well, how come I can't cut hair, but the dentist
3: office can clean teeth? Just cause?
2: Well, no, just cause won't do it. <laughs> uh, you, you're going to have to explain. And I know to there's me. no
3: science because there hadn't been time to do one. Just cause. You know? <laughs> this is how I feel. <laughs> right.
2: This is the, the way I, I had something about it. Uh, you know, because I'll tell you what it starts looking like. And I'm not saying it's the case. But it starts looking like politics. It starts looking like if the state makes more revenue off something, they get treated differently. If, if another one, not. I'm sure. I'm not saying Rick, that.
3: The optics of it. The is, optics is, is yeah, yeah. You can't you can't not look over that fact that hey know. if if I if I'm going into the grocery store
2: into curbside and people are handing me food or I'm grabbing food, I can go to a restaurant and sit at tables that are distance if I want to. Now I may decide yeah. I don't want to. Right. I may, I may decide that, and then the restaurant can't make it because I won't come. But for them to be forbidden to open and try to practice, practice social distancing and rearrange their their restaurant area, which I'm look, I, you know me. I thought we were putting the tables too close anyway. I'm kind of glad we're yeah, were, yeah, yeah. I, oh yeah. I, thought I don't
3: was, want to be able to grab the salt off the table yeah. next it. The, re,
2: the restaurants may have created some of this business for themselves when y'all start putting us on top of each other. When I, I wanted to go out to <laughs> eat with my wife, not these three people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so uh, yeah. so so maybe getting some room in there and spacing it out a little bit would be fine. The the arbitrary part of this is what looks unconstitutional. Mm -hmm. And the churches, y'all just need to shut up about the churches. I don't know where you are or where you're listening, what state you're in. Leave the churches alone. Y'all ain't got no business in the church's business. Stay out of the church's business.
3: It it ain't none of y'all's business. The Bill of Rights looks like it Mm -hmm. says churches are on their own. Right. Just because the government tampered in them so much back in England, Mm -hmm. and they dictated so many things that Mm -hmm. people don't want. I mean, the forefathers just had had enough of that. No way. You realize that? that what do y'all? Good think, morning, Ruby. What, hey, Ruby. What What
2: do y'all think? <laughs> do y'all think that Ma who is you know eighty four years old and has had some health issues, that the pastor is going to come catch her in the net and drag her to church and oh, throw her into the congregation no. and sit her next to? But <laughs> yeah. sna- yeah. uh, yeah. running those kids. This is <laughs> open. You're not required. No, you either. know you know what you can do. Yeah, I think I'm going to keep watching on TV. Again. Yeah.
3: Or it, I
8: don't know, want to get out in
3: these germs. Right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and, and you it's what what freedom, too, Greg? I, I it's called wanna, freedom.
3: I want to compliment the society as a whole. Now we've had some guys and people out there idiots. I know. Sure. That. But overall, hey, we we locked down and we mitigated. We we did what we were asked to do. Mm-hmm. I think we should be patted on the back, not continually hit with a newspaper. Right. <laughs> I, somebody, Bad citizen. Somebody's bringing this up right now.
2: If I've been given a liquor license and I have a bar in my restaurant, why am I not open? That's true. Because the liquor store's open, right? Or-, or cut hair at the ABC store. Are y'all are y'all, <laughs> ha- are y'all having me withhold liquor from me?
5: <laughs> we'll take your phone calls next. 866 we be Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. the gravy please
8: it brings me to my knees
2: nine minutes to the top of the hour the rick and bubba show 866 we be big is the number we start with simon in Destin, florida simon welcome to the rick and bubba show thanks for your patience what's going on buddy
0: hey good morning gentlemen how y'all doing
2: fantastic
0: Well, listen, you have to forgive me. I'm a little bit passionate over this and a little bit bothered. I have a couple of things I want to cover. A minute ago when you said you would want to see the data, I would like to see the data when in the history of the world that they quarantined the healthy over something that was dangerous to people. I don't think there's any data on that. And secondly, no local or state or federal government should be allowed to ever determine what is essential. If I sell widgets on the side of the road, and they have no real use in society other than being trinkets. But the income from those widgets pay my mortgage, my utility bills, and buy groceries for my family. That's essential. Yep. And they have the, the church thing that goes without saying. It's you know which no longer conspiracy theory talk. This stuff is happening to us right now. It, I would highly recommend everybody go to work. If you got a restaurant, open it up. With a few people might have to go to jail over this. But yep. in the long run, it's time for a little civil disobedience.
2: Well, Simon, they me... cannot
0: tell us. They cannot tell us yeah. that we can't work in this country.
2: No, no, you, you're right. You, you, this is things you need to be aware of. And you said it. These things have happened, and I assume that you're how old are you, Simon? I'm 57. All right, so I'm 55. Bubba's 56. We're all in the same boat. Yeah. We have lived long enough that we've had mayors in towns, Houston. That were telling the pastors that what they were preaching about God's standard for sexuality and marriage was hate speech, and they wanted the sermon notes sent to the mayor's office for her approval in advance. In advance. Yeah. Now, now that that was rejected because it has to be, but it was tried. So, what what we have to understand to your point is this is we should never say, "Oh, this is nothing to be concerned about." No, it's always something to be concerned about because throughout history. Tyrannical governments have always grabbed and seized power when they got people in chaos and panicked and scared and afraid, and you can't allow that to happen. There has to be a civil you know, pushback when we say we're not giving up our rights. We don't care if it's a pandemic or not, and we've been, like you said, Bubba, good citizens, and we've, we've done our part, but there's a responsibility for our livelihood to be addressed as well, and it can't be addressed arbitrarily and randomly without any science to support it. We continue. Chip, Birmingham, Alabama. Chip, go
0: ahead. Good morning, guys. How are y'all? Good. Just want to let you know the uh, picture about Collinsville trade day. It was real because I was there. So there was probably the most people I've seen in a long time there. And another thing, if you've ever used the bathroom at trade day, mm. coronavirus
6: is the last thing you got to worry about. Yeah,
2: I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Y'all,
3: trade day... That's that right there, that is uh, that that might as well look. Them corn dogs, Rick, there's nothing can survive uh, hot mm-hmm. grease, so I feel like they're okay. John in Indiana. Johnny, welcome to the program. How are you?
0: Uh how's it going, Biggins? I'm We're doing right. well. Good. We're great. Hey, look, uh I you know, I was gonna say on the topic of the churches and stuff like that. Our governor, our governor here in Indiana laid out a five stage plan on Friday. Uh number one Uh, places like Indianapolis where, you know, they have a large number of coronavirus cases, they're not moving to the next stage for a little bit. Number two, barbershops are going to open. They're going to do it by appointment only, but they're going to open. Our churches are going to open. He's saying, look, if you're 65 and older, we recommend, you know, you still stay home, but you don't have to. Our restaurants, they're going to open at 50% capacity. And so, he, you know, he laid out this very well-detailed plan of getting folks back going uh, to the point that hopefully by July the 4th, we're, we're running full speed ahead.
2: Yeah, that was one of the things in our state. That all sounds very, very level-headed to me. In our state, I can't for the life of me figure out how a retail location can open at 50% capacity, but a restaurant and a barbershop can't. That doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, I, the logic of that just didn't seem well, and you to know, hold up.
3: You know, uh, restaurants are already, you know, th- th- by their very nature, they have a lot of rules and things. I mean, they they're inspected by the health department, sure. and you know, cleanliness is a big part of that already. So, it, it, it is a little strange how we're we're coming up with some of this. But I, look, we've got a plan that's laid out. Mm-hmm. It's just some of the people left out of this are unhappy, and and it you know, and it questions why we're making these decisions, and we covered
2: that. Well, and, and like Speedy said in the break, as Deb was talking about, the restaurant lobby or the restaurant, whoever their their representatives mm-hmm. are, are saying, look, here's what we're willing to do, and and it's over and above what you would oh, want yeah. Uh, yeah. For, for you to feel good about going in there. And here's the other thing. You still don't have to go in there. We we have this mindset. I know we got a bunch of doofuses out there. I see them, <laughs> yeah. but you know. But like I said, I can't do nothing for people that will drink Clorox. I don't know what I can do for them. Yeah. You know, okay. But but I'll do the best I can. So there's certainly some doofuses out there. I got it. But we're acting like if a business opens that all of a sudden people they have this giant magnet like you'd see, you know, when Wiley Coyote was trying to catch right. the roadrunner. Yeah, the that, Acme big, magnet. that big ac me magnet. And it's out there and it's just gonna pull you into these stores and restaurants and barbershops and you can't get away from it and before you know it, somebody's doing your hair or, or, or fixing you lunch. I mean, that's not how it's <laughs> you, people still can make their own decisions by the science that shows how, how high risk you are. Yeah. And by the way, the, the part of our society that's high risk. Is pretty well defined by every single number that comes in over and over again. It's pretty well defined now. We got mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Of course, it looks an awful lot like the same ones every year when we yeah. have flu, but but maybe this is just more contagious, so it might put them at a higher risk. Mm-hmm. But the death is still where death has been found every time we go through a flu season. Yeah. Uh, we, we continue. Let's go to George and Boaz. George, welcome to Rick and Bubba. Go ahead.
8: Uh, thank you, sir. I was wondering why. Dirty bookstores and Stuff like that's allow them to stay
2: open. Wait, what's that? Dirty bookstores? <laughs> I, I, think, look, I think all of them are open, right? That's <laughs> about to say what now? I mean,
3: do you do you I mean you're that is dirty books? I think <laughs> the dirty and the clean <laughs> bookstores <laughs> open, <think> so. <laughs> isn't it? Does he mean like the because, <laughs> the cornsley? Well,
2: okay, but, Great. but I mean, dude, do, I don't think those bookstores even exist anymore because it's all either. online now. I mean, <laughs> a good I mean, point.
5: it's it's like yeah, where are the dirty
8: bookstores?
2: Yeah, I don't know
5: where these CD. I mean, you can't find
6: any
3: regular bookstores. Next to the dirty movie,
8: <laughs> right, I got,
2: exactly.
5: I a in my back. <laughs> I've just never. It's been a while since I've heard it called dirty. Book.
2: Well, what I, was, I think te- well, we Rick, what I think they saying. shifted technology yeah. to a different place, don't you?
5: Yeah. Well, Rick, I think the fact
2: he still refers to it as dirty book tells you that he's kind of still hung in the eighties. Uh, Will in Birmingham. Will, welcome to the Rick and Bubba show. I caught Speedy reading dirty books <laughs> <laughs> Don't
3: make
8: stuff Will, up. Go ahead. Under
2: his mattress, man. a dirty I book.
8: Under <laughs> <like> the mattress. <laughs> Hey, right. clean that. the treehouse out in the backyard. Fast-beaties, <laughs> dirty books. <laughs> Greg, <don't> say that. <laughs> People believe that.
0: <laughs>
8: Will,
2: we'll go ahead.
0: Right, so, so we can go to Walmart. We can go to Home Depot. We can uh, go to drive through uh, get food. We can certainly pump gas. We can't get our hair cut. The ladies can't get their nails done or the tanning salon. And we can't go to church. Is it any one of the things we can't do? are the same ones that don't
3: collect the sales tax. All right, well, you know, you can certainly... I know, I yeah. don't know that that's the case, but it, that the, way. the optics of it, it's certainly easy to make that accusation. Well, it's right? dirty is
8: what it sounds like. It's <laughs> a big tax on them dirty books. <laughs> Smut my, tax. That's made you so some happy. reason that slaying happened. I don't know why I it. <laughs> Something about the way he said it. I don't,
2: <laughs> I don't know if Adder was having flashbacks. Rick Bubba Rick and Bubba.
5: Warning, this program may be found offensive by pencil-pushing, bean-counting, research-loving program directors, and radio consultant ghouls. Welcome to the Rick and Bubba Experience.
2: It is six minutes past the hour. Rick and Bubba Show, 866-WE-BE-BIG is the number. We thank you for being with us. The studio, a little more full today. The return of the real Greg Burgess. Uh, He is back with us here in studios today, Uh, still at home studios. We got uh, Adler and Helmsy, Stretch Armstrong, who's been here the entire time. But we also welcome back to the studio on mic number two, Bill Bubba Bussy.
5: I keep
3: seeing.
2: I, know. I get
5: my habits.
3: Got to get back in your habits. Hey, there. muscle memory. Glad yeah, muscle. to be here, Rick. Thank all of you for bearing with us through uh, what is now still the pandemic of uh, edition of Rick and Bub. A little different format today, though. Yeah, yeah. So we're we're still we've we're gone to designated survivor,
2: and and of course Adler's just on maternity leave, but he right. he'll be returning. We really need you back next week. When the baby starts kindergarten, <laughs> is that when he's coming yeah. back? Hey, we need you back next week. When the baby starts kindergarten. Yeah, yeah. I hope everybody understands. We got to have you back next week. <laughs> Uh, I do want to make an announcement, and I saw some people, there were a bunch of people calling (laughs) last week. Gridiron Men's Conference, that was scheduled for Father's Day weekend. The city of Huntsville has decided that they do not want to have that conference that soon. So if you have tickets to it, it has been postponed, but it's been moved, we already know the date, uh, to the weekend of August the 22nd. Is that 21 and 22? Is that... uh, is that the dates for that? I think it's 21 and 22. Uh, but anyway, so if you have a ticket, then it would just move to that. Uh, if you were waiting for it to solidify and you want to make a move on getting tickets, you can do that now, Gridironman.com.com. We're still having it. We're just moving it to later in the summer, to August uh, 21, 22. Uh, everybody is still intact except for Larry the Cable Guy. Larry the Cable Guy cannot make that move. Mm. They were. There was one date I couldn't make a move to, uh, but Larry couldn't make any other move than that weekend. But we're working on his replacement, and some of the people that they're talking to, it's very exciting. Uh, and, and just keep praying that that'll come through, and God will have everybody there he wants to. And uh, if you get a chance to hear Larry's testimony, he's got some stuff out there, I think, where he's been interviewed. It's great, and we're trying to get him on – Rick and Bubba University podcast, so we can interview him about that too. So so anyway, so everybody, G- David Jeremiah can make the move, I can make the move, Steve Ferrar's making the move, Charles Billingsley, Josh Rivas, Phil Waldrop, the only person that can't make the move is Larry the Cable Guy, and we'll announce his replacement coming up. So Gridiron Men's Conference moved to August 21 and 22, Father's Day weekend. It has been postponed. So uh, there, there's an update. Also, uh, we need to pass this along, Bubba. Do, you remember I was telling you last week that I've been periodically running maneuvers, taking the family down to the <laughs> farm, and getting us, you know, ready in case you know we do get into Thunderdome. Right. You know, just everybody. You know, it's one thing to hunt for sport and to enjoy some delicious venison, and you know, to fish and try to get big trophy bass in there, taking out the smaller ones, doing a fish fry every now and then. That's, that's one way it's different when you're doing this to live. And so here is a story today, coronavirus, and this may be good for the outdoor industry because, you know, hunting and fishing had dropped off a little bit as our country starting to become a bunch of puds and no, no, nobody... No, it was
3: trending downward, Rick. Nobody's yeah, kids
2: want to go hunt and fish anymore because they want to play video games and turn into a bunch of idiots. Yeah, And, uh, you know, and so so coronavirus, according to Fox News, people are taking on hunting amid meat shortages in the U.S., says uh, people uh, are now considering hunting that have never considered it before. Hmm. Now, of course, that makes me feel a little bit nervous. Does that mean there's a lot of people out there with high-powered rifles that don't know how to shoot them? Right. right. Uh, well, I mean, we hope they'll, they'll go
3: through the proper uh, well, steps to let, do let, that. Let's do the proper now, training. Now, are they talking about hunting when hunting season comes around again, or are we talking about hunting to feed the family next week? Well,
2: again, those are
3: two different things. Right. But right now we're talking
2: about that I'm taking up hunting within the rules of my state. Right. And I'm hunting whatever's available to me based on the seasons set out by my state. All right. Now, again, it's it's a whole new animal. Like you said, I, I was telling the family last week, hey, baby, if we get down to where we're hurting, we'll go back to the disciples. Forget these rod and reels. Yeah. Let's oh, get a big net in the pond and start dragging.
1: Yeah. If it gets uh, real it, tough, right. dynamite as I pointed <laughs> out, It's <laughs> very, very efficient.
2: Right. Well, some of our cousins on Greg, on Greg, on the Burgess side, they didn't even get the joke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. All right. What? What are you talking about?
6: Uh, that's Was that,
2: funny. Somebody said that something new. <laughs> uh, but And we've all heard the famous story about the dog that brought the dynamite back. I've heard uh, that's one of those stories that gets moved around a lot, yeah. and I'm not sure who it really happened to or if it ever know, happened.
3: <laughs> yeah, that went and got up under the truck. With it.
2: Well, I've heard different ones. Yeah. yeah, I've heard the one where they're out fishing and they throw it out, and the dog jumps out into the water
3: right. and starts, starts swimming, swimming back with right, it. Right. And, and then there's the one where they runs under the truck. And well, there's the I think it was a joke. I don't know if Jerry Clower told it or who, but there was always that joke about the guy that was catching so many fish, and the game warden said, "Hey, I want to go with you and see how you're doing all this." He said, "Sure," and he got in the boat and went out in the water, and you know he lit a stick of dynamite, and poof, blew up underwater. All these fish float up. And he got his net and put them in there and. And the game warden's looking at him and says, you know you can't do that. It's illegal. So he lit another one. He handed it to the game warden. He said, now, are you going to sit there or are you going to fish? <laughs> <Right. Yeah. laughs> I remember
5: that.
1: I
2: remember that. That's, That's a good one. That is a great one. <laughs>
3: but they're saying that Americans
2: have started hunting for the first time, and there's been a huge increase in hunting license and permit applications all over the country in multiple states. Now,
3: what is in season right now? Turkey just
2: closed. Uh, well, that's it what varies was, state state According to state, where you are. You. According to mm-hmm. where you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, New Mexico, uh, David Elliott said he first considered hunting elk back in January uh, to help feed his family, and he says he, he's uh, he's received his uh, permits, but they're for the upcoming fall season. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, Plan I ahead. it's all according mm-hmm. to where you are. I know some people have done a uh, uh, turkey season where they stop it, then they pick it back up in May again right. in right. some Spring stage. and fall. Yeah. Yep. yeah, and then there's a fall one. You're right. I've heard about that, too. Uh, and then talking about deer uh, uh, hunting, which, again, would not be this time of year, said the the people that run Quality Deer Management Association says there's been a resurgence of people that are, that are getting ready to deer hunt, I guess, worried about, what, the second wave or something? Or? I don't know. Mm. I don't know. But mm. they're, they're worried about mm. the— Not the second wave. Well, here. they're worried about a meat short shortage because, well, let's yeah. face it—
1: yeah.
3: Well, we've had we've had some processing plants shut down, and that's you know I know Trump ordered a couple of them back to work under the Defense Production Act, which you know you never thought you'd see that. Well, so uh,
2: so now what I've done is is Gary and of course the boys and we're rotating a security team now. Hmm. So now we're having to protect the pond and the freezer.
1: You well, know,
2: you saw got my crops that. coming yeah, no, in. Right.
3: I showed you some pictures. I got like six little tomatoes coming up on what I got six plants in five gallon buckets. Yeah, and I'm moving them around wherever I'm at. And uh, yeah. I've got like six little tomatoes on there. Go-tay. I meant to well, tell we, you that this. means we can, you know, we're going to water these all year, so the whole family can have a tomato sandwich <laughs> one a week. That's <laughs> <not funny. laughs> I meant to tell you this, and I got Adler to confirm it. I think one of
2: those you're mo- you're growing marijuana. In. Am I really? Yeah. No, I think it's yeah. tomato plant. Well, that's going <laughs> to... I don't, I don't, I don't know if it was some joke somebody played on you, but I sent a picture of it to and he said, yep, that's that's exactly okay. what Okay. There it is. <laughs> seen those before. Uh, I got some pranksters around. Did <laughs> the tomato plant survive that windstorm they were in the other day? Wow.
3: Wow, that... Hey, a couple of times. I heard you had
2: some help on that. Well, yeah. <laughs> hey, Hey,
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> wait, I, <can't>. yeah, <laughs> so
2: I love every minute of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, I don't know. If you want to check out these plant? <laughs> he's looking at his pictures. What was that? It, it was. I think it was the plant. Just, just right to the back to the left. Yeah. It was it, it was it was it was rick
8: i'm a father i'm a father rick come on
2: look at yeah, my father yeah, now. by yeah, the that. way is there anything better than baby in and in just a diaper oh, man, don't don't sad. even put that onesie just on her cooing just leave her, that. her and just say, i love them in a diaper i love mm-hmm. to hear them coo it's like warm enough time. in alabama today it's gonna be like 85
1: <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah
0: she keeps falling asleep during the, the she'll get just a thimble full of a b- bottle in her and she falls asleep, so you got to start taking her clothes off to
3: wake her up. you so well, we got a naked baby a, l- a lot of times.
5: We well, nakey a- <laughs>
0: baby.
1: <laughs> oh, look at
5: that! Yeah, Get in your that tummy. <laughs> Watch her start screaming.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that something?
1: Yeah.
2: Adler's got a baby. I know. I know. Anything's possible. Anything. Look at him sitting there, beard blazing.
1: <laughs> oh, man! All
2: <laughs> right. They, they said if, if, if Adler doesn't change his look soon and we can't get him to a barber or something, but her first words may be dada, but she may see a homeless man in the picture. <laughs> we'll be back 15 minutes past the hour.
5: Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba.
2: Minutes past the hour of the Rick and Bubba show. 30 seconds to pop, everybody, come on
5: in. A long distance, directly assistance, All right,
2: uh, we'll take your phone calls, make a comment, ask questions, bring information to the table. Not designed for meaningless shout-outs or shameless plugs. When the old buzzer sounds, your time on the program comes to a close, unless Speedy or Bubba give you a timeout. Uh, since they're in the studio, it, it's hard for me to see Helmsy, and we've tried that. We think we'll, we'll go with people in the studio. <laughs> we'll start with Chuck in Detroit. Uh, Chuck, we'll get us started. Chucky, welcome to the Rick and Bubba
3: Show.
8: Yes, go sir. right ahead. I'm right here. I'm an 83-year-old physician, and Bubba, I hope you fact-check me on my, what I'm going to say. It's my understanding that the surgical masks that most of us wear when we're out in public, they are, you wear those to protect other people. They don't protect you. If you want to protect yourself, you have to wear the N95 mask, like they do in the emergency room and ICU and that type of thing. So if I walk into a store, walk into anywhere, and somebody is not wearing a mask, I turn around, and walk out. Because so when people say I'm not going to wear a mask, they might as well say. Mm.
2: To get the yeah, time out of so but I, I, wear a I was going to ask him on. on
8: no, st-
3: I think that's right. I don't think anybody's disputing that. Just the surgical mask, right, does not help. <laughs> the N95 does, or if you have an N100, which is what they use in a paint bay. Mm-hmm. But let me ask you they're this they're just trying to block people from sneezing and blowing spit on each other,
2: yeah. Basically,
3: but what I'm saying though, <laughs> if
2: it's not protecting me from them, then why is it how, how is it protecting I, I, them I don't from know me? About all that. Maybe you know what I'm saying. I'm sure it's the the better, resistance? but I think. Come does he on. mean this? Okay, let me go back to this. Does it's he... better than coughing in your arm. No, a question, no doubt. I wear one when I go to the grocery store and stuff like that. And I do. I do. I feel ridiculous. I do. I do. Uh, but then I look, and everybody else looks like. And it. then I get to where I can't breathe. We're good in there. But and I've seen some yeah, more stylish ones than hot. the one I have. Gets real hot. I kind of wish oh, I had yeah. that one. Face gets sweaty.
5: But let me let me glasses <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah, it does.
2: <laughs> but let me ask you this: Does he mean if you go in with your mask on and you think you're safe, but people without masks won't affect you you need to understand that
3: it will is that what I he saying yes. so if it's yeah. mask
2: on mask we've got the protection yeah. that we both yeah. need he's I saying, saying if that's if what you just saying. have okay. one of those oh, that makes not N95. Yeah, you're Somebody.
3: basically pro- protecting the fact that you won't be spewing everything i got you yeah. not it won't get to you i, I, I see you. what he's saying we continue he said he turns around and leaves <laughs> he did <laughs> well and if I, was it, in their face. if
2: I was his age i would do uh let's go to landon birmingham landon welcome to rick and bubba go ahead
0: yeah, I was just wondering, uh, do you guys have any information on the mailroom, uh, barbershop, and Inverness
2: if they're open today? Yeah, well, I don't know whether they're open today or not, but we did get an update from the weekend. And I think he
3: he received a citation a total of 10 times. Well, we heard we know Friday he got one because I, I had texted him and asked him. Now, I, we heard, we got a report that he got nine on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, nine more on Saturday that. for a total of $5,000. we we do get one hour? Wait a minute. Uh, who
8: gave is you that, that, right? that info? Is that, wow. uh, that's coming from someone wow. pretty close to the situation, but I've texted him to make sure. But that's, whether he's harassment,
2: whether he's open today or not, I do not know.
8: Right. Um, but anyway, I've asked him if he is. We'll see what he says. We continue. Let's go to
2: Greg in Alabama. Greg, welcome to the Rick and Bubba Show. Thirty seconds. Go ahead. Hey,
0: buddy. Hey, buddy. Green uh, Acres. Green egg.
1: Green egg. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
2: Eastbound and down, baby.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, right here doing this position, so. Hey, um, I've noticed a couple of things. I've noticed that the people that are telling us that it's okay, that we need to stay home, they all have jobs. Right. And, yeah. Um, yeah.
3: Yeah. And getting checked. The other thing
0: is that my wife and I escaped to the free state of Tennessee yesterday <laughs> and got to eat in a restaurant. <laughs> Everything going well. In the world.
3: You know, it's funny you <laughs> mention that. I know several people who That's went to, to Georgia this weekend, and some of them got over there and couldn't eat still. Really? Yeah. I do love that. Some we, of them were not open. We yeah. escaped to the free state of Tennessee. Well, I noticed this <laughs> so in our state. And that's another
2: thing. If you don't want to open, you don't have to. Well, in our state, like uh, I Sherry, a high pitch, Sherry and I wanted to go out to one of the malls that, that was open and because re, retail open, and to see who was open and who wasn't and just see what the traffic looked like, just drive through the parking lot. And what we noticed is they all had the right to open, but it, it varied wildly. Right from from place to place on when they were going to actually open. Some said we'll be open May 8th. Some yeah, said we'll open next Friday. Some opened up and said, hey, we're we're ready. We're we're opening now. So uh, the free state of Tennessee. That's, That's funny. <laughs> we continue. Didn't know this, and Bubba, you're not allowed to say it. Curtis, welcome to the Rick and Bubba Show. 30 seconds. Go ahead. What's going on, fellas? You, buddy. Somebody just had, uh, came across the wire that uh, Mr. Don Shuler passed away. Don wow. Shuler went oh, yeah. on in? Shuler? Yeah. hold on. I mean, so I, what, what was it? on to y'all guys. Was it COVID? Wait a minute. Is this I a, think so. Uh,
8: yeah, six <laughs> minutes <six> ago. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't ago. COVID-19. He
2: didn't say Quick, that. somebody check on Greenwood. he was not Check on Greenwood. Somebody check on Greenwood. Greenwood, are you listening? Mm. Uh, he says th- he was The 90. reports are true, okay, by well, the way. Go, get you Yeah, he some, had that little serious story. This out, time yeah. next year when you announce it. Yeah, Greg. I'm checking right now online. Looks like the reports are true. Rick, according all, to my guy,
1: the <laughs>
2: somebody on the inside, which means Jason Benefield, yeah. has told me that he went on in. Yeah, <laughs> um, and I confirmed it with Mary Bird. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, it's, so it's a done deal. <laughs> so it's a pretty much a done deal. <laughs> pretty much, you can hang your on that. We continue.
5: Uh, listen, they're a bunch of jerks. Let's
2: uh, go to Brad in Birmingham. Brad, go ahead, 30 seconds.
6: Just gotta watch
0: out for them dirty books.
5: Dirty <laughs> 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 <them> books. <laughs> okay, let's go very late.
2: Uh, Melissa in Dothan, Newstalk 1039. Melissa, go ahead. Hey, good morning, I hadn't heard that term Um, in so long. Go ahead. Listen, we were at
7: Chick-fil-A this past weekend because, you know, we all love our Chick-fil-A, and, you know, the lines are wrapped around the building several times. But as we got through and the girls were coming by and taking our card, I noticed like seven cars ahead, As she made it back to us. She never switched gloves, but she was always handing everybody their card back. So I think it's kind of ridiculous that we're still in this mode of thinking
2: that we should – yeah, if you're wearing the same gloves the whole time, I eh, kind of. You might as well just go barehanded yeah, and wash your hands Just wash your, you. I think we'd be better off if you went barehanded and washed your hands every time you went to a new customer. Yeah. You just just
3: putting on a pair of gloves when you start your shift and taking them off when you finish, you're really – you might as well just have your hands. Right. Mm-hmm. It's sure. no different. You know, too, it's kind of become obvious. I touch my face a lot, and I, I ha- when I hear somebody say, don't touch your face, my nose starts to itching yeah, so it, bad I can't oh, stand well, it. well,
2: plus you and I, our faces are so big to right. not touch it would right. mean – I mean, it's almost yeah, impossible.
3: That's a, that's a lot of area that's off limits. Yeah. My face, my face, invades a lot of space. <laughs> you
2: got to stay out of a big area. Uh, I tell you what else you better look out for, David.
5: <laughs>
2: David in Alabama. David, go ahead. Thirty seconds.
0: Yes, my question was about the loan that the companies have received, was that to help the employees, or was that just to help the company only? Because like, we're working ourselves broke.
3: Now, you're talking about the PPP loan program? Watch your mouth now. Yes, sir. Yeah, that can be used for paychecks, uh, insurance. I think they also, a few utilities and rent can be used. Spell that. that. Okay. Insurance. So,
0: insurance. So, insurance. So, right? Yeah. So under the loan, they are required to like, pay us some hourly pay out of it?
3: Well, if they if they fire you, they have to pay it back. Yeah. They can't fire people. I guess he's saying,
2: does he think his company's using it for other things to pay them? I, I, I was trying, yeah. Well, they're I, probably holding it until they run out, and then they use that to
3: pay them. Now, right? they can
2: pay insurance. Insurance. <laughs>
1: well, it's whatever, you would, whatever
3: you're whatever you paying for the employee, you know.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> you know how quick i am be back on Zoom. <laughs>
2: Aren't you glad you're back? Don't you miss this? <laughs> great, well, great, well, great. Great, what was the song you're going to miss? This.
5: <laughs> speech speech uh, impediments uh, are
3: real.
2: Insurance?
8: Right, yeah, a serious conversation. You got insurance. You got, insurance. <laughs> <We> got, <laughs> we got employee, uh, employee payment. and
3: Insurance. <laughs>
5: Hope you default
0: on your... Own. <laughs> Hope you got ink it. <laughs> Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. Hey, this is Phil Robinson out of Doug Dynasty. You're listening to Rick and Bubba. Pay attention.
2: 35 minutes now past the hour of the Rick and Bubba show. Thanks for being with us. Bubba back in studio. The Real Greg Burgess back in studio. Helmsy and Adler still via Zoom. And, of course, Speedy and I, along with our friend Stretch Armstrong, have been here and have never left. So good to get most of the gang back together as we go to the designated survivor format. Um, Bubba, there's a lot going on, and there's so many needs uh, right now. Tomorrow is Giving Tuesday. And, um, and of course, uh, you can find out more by going to GivingTuesday.org. And we want to talk to Mike Lutzenkirchen, who's been on the program, uh, a number of times over the last few years, uh, with, uh, the dot 43org uh, and the let'sy 4 Foundation. And, uh, Mike, welcome back to Rick and Bubba.
9: How are you, sir? I'm doing great, guys. How are you guys holding up? You know, pretty good. You know, trying to
2: get, um, you know, we're, we're in that, there's a lot to discuss now, as you know, and we were talking about it, there's, uh. Civil liberties versus people's health and and the certain concerns, and then you got the economy and, and people's livelihood. There's just so much going on, and of course, uh, you guys at the foundation are aware of that. And I know we're going to be given an opportunity today to maybe help the Lutzie Four Foundation uh, with a one-day campaign. So, so tell us how you guys are operating in this unique time of need.
9: Yeah, you know, guys, I, I think you guys know this, right? In your audience, um, live in Atlanta, live in Marietta. We've been here for 22 years since we moved down from the uh, Indianapolis and previous at Chicago, our hometown. But we live in a state in Georgia where the governor has been highly criticized. Uh, one of the last to put stay at home. Some probably uh, uh, tough comments made not too long ago in regards to asymptomatic people carrying the disease potentially and then opening up the states and I've always believe it's easy to be a Monday morning quarterback. Um, I, I think our governor is saying don't go get a haircut from somebody you don't know, but if you trust somebody and they're living up to, you know, clean living and taking care of their facilities, and you are, you can probably go get a haircut. So I think he's just saying, you know, be responsible. And I think I'm so proud of being an American. I think most of us are all doing that, and I wouldn't want to be in their shoes to handle all this. But our, our foundation, we looked back on this and said, you know, we really don't do anything that's driven towards the pandemic. But um, we wanted to respect our constituents, our followers and our donors, our supporters, our sponsors. We've had to cancel our May 7th annual golf tournament, which is a big fundraiser for us. But lately we're proud because we're gonna, we're, we're actually in the middle right now, guys, of uh, reviewing 62 applicants for our PFL Prepared for Life $4300 scholarship program. And it's the highest number of applicants we've had, and uh, we are going to award 12 to 15. Uh, college-bound seniors in high school or current college undergrad students from our scholarship program. But we were really taking a look at things and how can we do some things to really help the frontline workers. And when Giving Tuesday organization announced that they were going to do a Giving Tuesday Now campaign that's tomorrow, May 5th, which I kind of chuckled at, it's on Cinco de Mayo.
1: <laughs> and,
9: uh, right. You know, we, we looked at this thing and said, how can we help? And our is feeling this a little bit up front. My wife has been the uh, RN for her, her career, and she works at the Kennestone Wellstar facility here, one of the larger hospitals in Georgia, and normally is on an elective surgery floor, but they shut that down about a month ago. And Mary's working other hours in the hospital, and she's been frontline with some, some uh, COVID-19 positive patients. Unfortunately, they lost one on one of the first shifts she worked in mm. the ICU, so we're seeing this as a family. We're social social isolating from our eighteen month old and mm. eight month old, uh, 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 eight week old, I should say, grandbabies, which has been difficult. But thank God for Facebook. So we're blessed that we can see them daily. Sure. So we took a look at things. How can we contribute? And we had the idea that said, "Hey, I bet you, you know, through our followers, through our email blasts and social media, could we um, raise seven thousand dollars?" And to be candid with everybody, like I try to always be, is we're going to take seventy five percent of what we raise tomorrow. And we're going to go and part uh, purchase $43 gas cards. Everything we do is around Phillips number 43 in the foundation. And we are going to identify worthy frontline workers and organizations like senior care centers, hospitals, potentially um, uh, grocery stores. Uh, my dad was a 38-year fireman, so we're going to do firehouses and so forth in Atlanta, Birmingham, and Montgomery. And we're going to distribute these $43 cards. And we're going to partner with one of our 43 uh, co-branded keys countdown cards and lanyards, which is all about taking 43 seconds before you start your vehicle, any type of vehicle, to make sure you've got a clear head, clear hands, clear eyes, and click it. So we thought that's how we could really contribute during this pandemic. And again, in in all transparency, the remaining 25% is going to go to help fund the foundation, the operational expenses of the foundation.
2: Yeah, and as you said, you guys, you know, which is exciting that you have so many people applying for the scholarships now. So, you know, that part of the foundation, which was, you know, uh, the original focus along with, you know, educating people on the 43-second program, uh, certainly that's a good problem to have. But uh, but right now, you guys are going to take a break to help out some of those that are being hurt, that are being affected in a very unique situation.
9: Yeah, that's right. And I tell you what, just going through these uh, applications over the last uh, week and a half, and we got a great board of directors and then my wife and three daughters review all the applicants. Um, We're just, we're just blessed that financially we're in a position that we can give away, you know, 12 to 15, $4,300 scholarships. And when you read some of these resumes, we don't know the financial background of these kids. Um, Some share what their financial background is, but it's going to help kids go to Auburn, Alabama, Alabama, South Alabama, colleges out West, Arkansas State. It's just, it's really rewarding to do that. But I'll tell you what really jazzes me guys is we're going to come out of this pandemic as a foundation stronger than before we came into it. Um, We've got a great following. We've got some wonderful ideas, but it's the 43 key seconds initiative. That's really starting to help change the narrative on a number of crashes and injuries and fatalities due to distracted and impaired driving. And I haven't been to Birmingham since this all hit. But I know what 280 and 459 is like it you know between six and nine in the morning and four and seven in the afternoon. The volume of traffic I know it's been down. We're seeing reports over here in Georgia that you know they're they're arresting people for going over 100 miles an hour on our on our highways mm. uh, because there's no traffic. But as soon as this pandemic is curbed or eliminated, we're going to start to see high volumes on the road again, and distracted driving and using that phone is going to come back into play. And we just think 43 key seconds. Has a great opportunity with high school students, college-age kids, and what we're really excited about. Corporate America is really starting to follow us and asking us to share our message, and to put co-branded keys with their logo into their their employees' hands. And they a lot of them have unofficial corporate partners and education's program. In fact, guys, the last time I was on your show, uh, about this time last year, Newcore Steel, uh, director of HR up in Decatur, heard about heard me talking. And they hold a two-night safety conference where they bring their employees in over two different nights, encourage them to bring their spouses in and their driving-age children. And I was, be, I was able to be the keynote speaker because you guys gave me the audience to be mm-hmm. on their show. Sure. And, what, and it really touched our hearts <clears throat> was they said, Mike, can you go talk at West Morgan High School and at Danville Middle School here in the Decatur area? They're somewhat financially challenged schools. And what worked out great for us is Nucor took the lead in scheduling the talks. They paid an honorarium for all of our talks. And they tri-branded the key. So, for example, at West Morgan High School, it says 43 key seconds on one side of the key. On the back is the West Morgan High School logo. And then on the lanyard, it's got the core Steel logo, the West Morgan logo, and our 43 key seconds verbiage. And then the countdown card has uh, all logos on it. So it's a wonderful opportunity for a corporation to get back to the communities they serve. And what we're finding out with these corporations is, you know, many of their employees have children that are just starting out as drivers, or getting their permits so that 15, 16, 17, 18 year old high school student, um, it's just a great way for them to give back in their community and make a difference. And we're, we're honored to be partnering with these uh, corporations.
3: Mike, we just want to commend you and your family. I mean, you, you took a terrible tragedy and you've just done so much good with it. And I, I think that just speaks volumes to you guys. And, uh, you know, we're just, it, it, it's just, it gives us great feeling to see what you guys have accomplished.
9: Well, thank you for those wonderful comments. I, um, I want to give you guys a lot of credit because I don't stay in touch with you as probably as frequently as I should, but the times I come out, I try to respect how much time I hit the, the media up to help us out. But the times I come to you, it, it's, it's really with a lot of purpose. Uh, I love the, I love the format of your show and, and the belief that you guys hold. This is God's will for me, quite frankly. Um, I've yeah. got a wonderful wife of 35 years. I've got three beautiful daughters, great son-in-law. Um, <clears throat> I'll share this with you guys. Our daughter Abby, who we always joke is the little Hellion in our family, because she went to Alabama. <laughs> but, um, even though Philip was a sophomore at Auburn, and Abby's been dating uh, starting tight end over at Alabama, so we're we're getting entrenched with Alabama football again, and everything Nick does over there. But we just wanted your community to know what we're doing. Yeah, uh, we haven't gone anywhere. We've been to be very respectful through what everybody's dealing with during this understood. pandemic. But understood. Boy, again, when these roads open back up, yeah. we're, we're dealing with those challenges. And and as far as a high school teenager, the number one thing taking them off this earth is distracted driving accidents. That's right. And When you, when you combine distracted and impaired driving, um, it's the number one cause of death for our college kids. Well, and again, every, everybody knows the topic, guys. And, and I'm just so excited to have your, your people that have an influence in corporate America to, to reach out to us and find out more about this program.
2: Well, I hope they will, and we're putting all the information in show notes at rickandbubba.com. The, the ongoing uh, you know, mission of, of, of letsy43.org has been laid out clearly by Mike today, but tomorrow on Giving uh, Tuesday, we're going to try to get $7,000. That'll be, that'll be $43 ga- uh, gas cards. We probably can do about 125 of those because 75% will go to the gas cards, and then they'll be handed out to hospital people, uh, care centers, firemen, people that are working on the front lines to give them a little break on their expenses and because they're still traveling, they're still working, and they're putting their lives on the line. And then 25% will go to the ongoing uh, cost from the organization. But if you'd like to find out more about it, Lutzi43.org. Don't forget Giving Tuesday, uh, which will be going on tomorrow, or you can go ahead and give today if you want to as well. And that information is at rickandbubba.com. And if you want to speak to them further about maybe your corporation teaming up uh, with their ongoing educational process, you can do that as well. Mike, uh, I echo Bubba's words, and, and people, I, I know you understand this, there's nothing that brings more healing than for you to look at a tragedy that your family went through or any family goes through. I tell people this all the time, and they'll go, hey, I, I know it may be hurtful for me to say this, and I always go, no, no, no. Every time we hear that the person we love's death has been used to to help somebody else, nothing brings healing quite like that. And uh, so, thanks for what you're doing. I, we certainly understand it. And uh, we're here to help you in any way we can. Thank Guys, you, brother. Thank you very much. Thank, thank you, Keep Mike. doing what you're doing. All right, you too, brother. Mike Lutzenkirchen, uh, executive director of the LUTSI Four Foundation. LUTSI43.org is the website. Don't forget, Giving Tuesday tomorrow. Uh, and also, just go to RickandBubba.com and you can find the information in the show notes, too. We'll come back. Any t- topic we may have missed. We'll get some more of your phone calls if we have time as well to wrap up the hour.
5: Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. Rick
1: and Bubba's in Ohio.
5: Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. Pass the gravy, please. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba.
1: Oh, it brings me to my Eight
5: knees. minutes to the top of the hour of the Rick and Bubba Show,
2: 866. We be big is the number. Cook's pest control. We love them. They do a tremendous job for all of us. What great people! They do a great job for you too. You're just going to love the, the quality of the, of, of the human beings you're dealing with. Uh, and uh, if, you, if you're not using, uh, if you're not using them, it could be better. Uh, go to cookspest.com. Also, RickandBubba.com. Look under the uh, sponsors button. You'll find them there too. And they have been deemed essential. No matter what your situation is, you certainly don't want to neglect, you know, pest control. Maybe you got a new property you would like to look at for contractors and stuff. I know y'all been out building and you need somebody to assess the situation. They'll give you a, you know, no obligation evaluation of your, of your property, your business, your home, and they'll tell you what they would do and what it would cost. And then you can decide whether you want to use them or not. We think you should. Uh, they do a great job for us and we love them. Cookspest.com or com under the sponsors. But a couple of different things out there, um, did you see the one, you know, because now we're dealing with all the Mrs. Kravitz of the world. You know, it, it would, people have been given, they think, a green light to be tattletales now, and everybody wants to watch you and see what you're doing, and, you know, people walking around with tape measures, I guess, to measure, measure six feet. Uh, newlyweds arrested for violating coronavirus social distancing after Hawaii Hawaii hotel tips off cops. A, uh, a Undoubtedly, the California couple who allegedly refused mm. to sign... A coronavirus quarantine acknowledgement. After checking into a hotel for their honeymoon, uh, found themselves on the wrong side of the law. Uh, they're they're saying that um, you know they're they're on their honeymoon, so they're not going to agree to social distance from each other. <laughs> it's nice. their honeymoon, and they have been uh. arrested. <laughs> Honeymooners. I mean, what's the risk of the two honeymoon? They're married. I mean, are they talking about them or are they saying that they got to sign an agreement that they're not going to be around anybody else? How does uh, that work? Because if it's them, I mean, yeah, I, I think. Go ahead and shut the resort now. Yeah, they, they, said mean, that, they said they just wanted them to sign it, but they said by signing it, and it says it's the mandatory rules, they were trying to make the point look, we won't get around other people, but according to your rules, we also have to distance from each other oh wow and so that kind of led to the disagreement Mm-mm. uh and so they they're saying uh that they um they they refuse to be quarantined for 14 days or something so anyway they well, push they push back now how about this greg
3: you know what guess g- i want to know this did they have insurance <laughs> <laughs> greg
2: you know what somebody don't like don't you an empty skimp Mm-hmm. That's right. Company pimp. You don't like More it. More than 900 Missouri residents who snitched. Oh, we got some snitchers, snitchers. On lockdown rule breakers fear retaliation because somebody has leaked their details online.
0: Well, well. Mm-hmm.
3: That, that, so what so wait, so are they you So they wanted say to be anonymous. somebody snitched on the snitchers? Yep. Somebody tattletailed on the tattletellers. Mm-hmm. So they ought to be all right with that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean...
2: Yeah, That's one of those things where you, how can a tatterteller be upset with anybody for tattletales? <laughs>
8: <laughs> they can't.
2: Well, they're they're fearing fear retaliation because you know what nobody likes? Empty skin. Nobody <laughs> likes the company pimp. Mm-hmm. likes that? Yeah. <laughs> and who likes that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How about that who around here know? is the company How about yeah. Yeah. this? If you're worried about somebody showing up and being mad at you, don't tell on people. Mm-mm. <laughs> Mrs. Kravitz, this is, this is, this is, you a know, t- I want to tell, but I, want, I don't want nobody to know it was me. Yeah. yeah. If you think it's okay for you to. Tattletale, whistleblower. Yeah, if mm-hmm. if you you think it's okay to tattletale, then you can't be mad if somebody tattletale on you for tattletaling. That's right. Yeah, you want to know who tattletale? The tattleteller. I'm a tattleteller on the tattleteller. <laughs> started the whole thing, made it clear. I'm on tattletale on the tattleteller who's tattletaling on you.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> to the phones we go, Chris and Leeds. Chris, go ahead.
0: Hey guys, uh, just would like to welcome Greg back to the uh, to the station. I know I, I live in Leeds and I work in Huntsville, so. I feel Grex pain.
2: Oh, you know it. Uh, Yeah.
0: Uh, I would like to say I have a certain kinship now with Bubba. Um, I looked up Joe Diffie, and for some reason, (laughs) I had somebody else's picture in my mind. Uh, Can we please check on John Anderson? Is the Seminole wind still blowing? Because I thought he was dead.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I
2: think he's still with us. The Seminole wind. (laughs) Because it gave John Anderson gets it. (laughs) Seminole
1: wind. Seminole (laughs) (laughs) wind.
2: And he did swinging. Anonymous caller in Alabama. Anonymous, go ahead. Um.
7: Yes. Can you hear me?
2: Yes. Yeah, we hear you loud and clear.
7: Okay. Um. You know, you had that tooth issue where like half of your tooth broke out. Correct. And everything. I have the same thing going on. And whether you have insurance or whether you don't have insurance. Ever since the mayor lifted this to where you can now go see a dentist and stuff, people who are, whether they have insurance or not, the clinics, which are always cheaper than the high-priced dentists who charge an arm and a leg, um, the clinics will not see you. I've been trying to make an appointment for two weeks, and they say, no, we are closed.
3: What What kind of trouble are you having, ma'am?
7: um it's it's a broken tooth yep. like it had a feeling in it and mm-hmm. half of it broke off Yep.
1: Mm-hmm. yep.
7: and everything suddenly
2: at a high price dentist looks pretty good now doesn't it? It. at a clinic ain't there for you
7: <laughs> i know but I, even with or without insurance i mean the clinics are always cheaper
1: well, and, not right now they're not if
7: it if it abscesses you know that affects everything if that gets into your bloodstream
2: mm-hmm.
7: it's like bad for you well
2: you got to come off the clinic you got to go the real deal you you gonna have to just tell that the clinic ain't there for you mm. you know what you, you ever heard that term you get what you pay for mm-hmm.
7: mm Yeah, I deal with that and shampoo and toothpaste and all
3: the stuff. You know, you buy the wrong shampoo, you know, your hair is going to break. I know. Well, right now you. I'd rather
2: have bad hair than a toothache. I was about to say, right now you're finding out if you pick the wrong dentist, your tooth will break. Yep. Won't nobody fix it? I mean, if the clinic, I mean, what good's the clinic to you now if it won't open and see you? Oh, high price is ready. Got his mask and his gloves on, ready to go. (laughs) That's that a paper plan for you? Well, hopefully, if she has insurance, I mean, that, she said that's matter. matter. Insurance? Let's be honest. Let's be honest. let's be honest. Dental insurance? No, nah, they don't have No, <laughs> no. <laughs> it's not they that. really don't. I mean, you don't I mean, have. What, what will you pay for that? You don't get nothing back. <laughs> you know, with a <laughs> 100 feet dollar
1: bill, we'll pay five bucks. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. <laughs> oh, wow. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba.